What's up everyone? Thank you all for hitting that download button, pressing play, and joining me for another edition of Kicking Out at Two this week. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and this week we are celebrating the 15-year anniversary of the Money in the Bank ladder match concept. That's right. Last few weeks we have been in self-quarantine, self-isolation mode with these watch parties. Uh, I'd like to thank you also very much for joining me for those. Uh, but this week, we're going to change things up a little bit, and we are going to reimagine the Money in the Bank ladder match concept. Like I said, we reached the 15-year anniversary. It made its debut on uh uh, the WrestleMania pay-per-view in 2005, WrestleMania 21 to be exact, and I thought it'd be a cool idea if we we reimagined what Money in the Bank could have been had it made its debut at the inaugural WrestleMania in 1985. So what we're going to do this week is we're going to we're going to fantasy book and reimagine Money in the Bank ladder matches and those cash-ins, whether they were successful or not, from WrestleMania's one all the way to WrestleMania 20. Now, uh, full disclosure, uh, this is an idea that I kind of ripped off from another podcast, uh, The Place to Be Nation. Uh, I noticed that they uh, they did a similar podcast, and I thought this would be kind of cool to do. So, uh, full disclosure, full credit goes to The Place to Be Nation podcast. Uh, they, they were the ones that, uh, that inspired me to do my version of it. So, uh, like they say... Um, Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, excuse me, and, um, you know, hopefully uh, you guys all like what I got what I got to say, what I can bring to the table when it comes to these fantasy scenarios. Um, but before I do all of that, um, hit us up on social media, tell us how your self-isolation has been going. Um, on Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. Hit the like button if you haven't already. If you have, hit the like button. Tell as many friends that you possibly can that love wrestling, that love retro wrestling, that love the 80s, the 90s, and the early to mid 2000s, and let them know. Let them know what's going on with us at Kicking Out at Two over on our Facebook page, as well as our Twitter. Give us a follow. Our handle is at Kicking Out Two, K I C K N O U T, and the number two. Uh, same kind of fun we got going on over there on Twitter that we do on Facebook, but just 140 to 220 characters or less. We got links to archive shows. We have uh, pictures and uh, all kinds of polls and surveys and some pretty cool stuff, interactive. Um, Try to make the social media as interactive as possible. I know I'm beating a dead horse here when it comes to that, but um, you know I want it to be fun because social media can be a drag sometimes. So uh, head on over to both Facebook and Twitter and give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and be a part of the kicking out at two crew. As cliche and as corny that may sound, um, I want you all a part of it. So join me and let's have some fun with it. Um, as well as the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network over on Podbean. You can search Retromania with a W. Um, on uh, And you can find Kicking Out It Too. You can find Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, Hulkamania is Dead, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Origins of Attitude. Um, so many other great shows and content over there. I believe uh, the um, uh, Cool Down with AC. Um, or Cool Truth, I should say. That's the name of the show. I'm sorry. I fucked that up. My boy uh, Anthony Coppola and his buddy Jim Whitehouse, they do some AEW stuff, recapping Dynamite. So uh, by the time this recording hits, uh, th those shows should be up on the stream as well. Uh, if not, you can check that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have the link up for you on our Facebook page. You can check that out as well. Um, Cool Truth with AC and White House, some pretty good stuff there. Um, AC knows his wrestling, and uh, you know he's a big AEW guy, and so uh, we thought we'd bring some some of that flavor to the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And uh, you know, if if 
if you don't like Podbean, if Podbean's not your thing when it comes to listening to podcasts, but if you're a Spreaker, a Spotify, a Stitcher, an Apple Podcast guy, um, Google Play, if you like all of that stuff, you can find the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network by searching Retromania with a W on all those podcast platforms available by searching Retromania with a W. So check it out. Um, all right, let's get into it this week. Um, now, let me give you a little bit of criteria regarding my Money in the Bank Reimagined series. Um, here's how I, here, so you have a general idea. Here's how I set this all up and kind of put this together. Um, I took each WrestleMania and I tried to stay within somewhat a general timeline and time frame of what took place at those respective WrestleManias. I plucked guys from certain matches um, that I felt um, some of those matches were just kind of filler and necessary. Um, I also kind of plucked guys into these ladder matches that I thought would be good fits. Um, and it's a fantasy scenario, so I thought this would be kind of cool if this guy was in this match or that guy was in that match. Um, I just felt that, you know, trying to get a good mixture of fantasy and reality and what took place in those respective timelines would be a good mixture uh, for, for this Money in the Bank Reimagined series. So um, there will be some instances where some of these cash-ins may relate to what took place in real time in those respective eras. And there may be, uh, you know some of these cash-ins that don't relate to the uh, respective eras in real time. And it's just a fantasy scenario that I think could have been a better alternative than what we saw. So um, that's where the, that's where my head is at and where the criteria is when it comes to this Money in the Bank reimagined series. So uh, let's get into it. Um, the first inaugural Money in the Bank ladder match to take place at the very first WrestleMania event will feature Tito Santana, who was in the opening match at the very first WrestleMania, uh, wrestling the Executioner. Uh, I felt there was no need for Tito and Executioner to be in a singles match, so put Tito in this ladder match. Um, Ricky Steamboat and Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne uh, you know, would be known as Doink the Clown later in his career. Uh, I put Bourne and Steamboat in this match because those two had a singles match on this WrestleMania card. Uh, I feel with Steamboat's ability, he could contribute a lot of action to the match. And, you know, Matt Bourne, known for being a very physical wrestler, I feel um, would add some physicality with the ladders to this, to this ladder match. Um, Brutus Beefcake. Uh, was on the very first WrestleMania card. He will be in this ladder match. And Beefcake will... Beefcake, you know, wrestled David Sammartino on this card in a very underwhelming match. Um, at the time, Beefcake was presented as a big deal and a star in the making in 1985, uh, managed by Luscious Johnny Valiant. And I feel like that kind of momentum could be added into the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, David Sammartino's father, Bruno, will be in this ladder match. I put Bruno in this ladder match because... Um, even though Bruno didn't wrestle on the very first WrestleMania, he was in David's corner. And I think the story of the, the, the veteran looking for one last chance at glory would be a great 
a great aspect to add to this ladder match you know bruno looking for one more shot has to win the ladder match so he could you know climb the climb the ranks and 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 be the champion once again one last shot at glory you know it, it's a it's a sentimental story that a lot of people can get behind and um i think many people would get behind um you know bruno the 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 living legend if you will uh going for one more opportunity um king kong bundy is in this ladder match. Um, he had a nine-second victory over Special Delivery Jones at WrestleMania One, and I thought, you know, um, putting a big man of this size would add a um, another element of story to the ladder match. Uh, can Bundy climb the ladder? How are all these guys going to, you know, um, defend themselves against the largest guy in the match? Bundy with a ladder, it would be, you know, it, it, it could mean many things. You know, the danger elements that Bundy brings with that ladder. I think would be another good story and um rounding out this wrestlemania one money in the bank ladder match um macho man randy savage now randy savage didn't wrestle on the first wrestlemania card um but it wouldn't be till you know like the later that year in the springtime early summer that randy savage would debut for the world wrestling federation and i thought this would be a good way to introduce macho man randy savage at wrestlemania in a money in the bank ladder match present him as a big deal this newcomer this wild card if you will so those are the participants for the wrestlemania one money in the bank ladder match uh, Brutus Beefcake, King Kong Bundy, Matt Bourne, Tito Santana, Bruno San Martino, Randy Macho Man Savage, and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, in my timeline, in my scenario, I am going to go with the obvious favorite to win the very first Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 1, and that's King Kong Bundy. Now, um, how would Bundy get off the lat how would bundy get up a ladder well it would be very difficult for bundy to to to, to climb up the ladder but he would use the ladder to his advantage um you know punishing guys with the ladder his size adding that that element of danger with a guy like bundy as big as he is using that ladder as a weapon um you know I feel like guys like Steamboat and Savage and Tito, um, they would really add, you know, the, the, the high-flying elements to the ladder match. You'll see all the high spots from those guys. Um, guys like, you know, a guy like Bundy, you know, would be there to, to, to catch the falls, so to speak, from some of these guys. Um, uh, Matt Bourne, Beefcake, kind of adding their own flavor to the match. Uh, but it would come down to... Um, and come down to Bruno, the, the the favorite in the garden. The the I guess you can call him the hometown hero, even though he's not from New York. But New York and the garden were like another home to him. Bruno climbing up that ladder, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, Jimmy Hart. Um, you know, climbing up the ladder because at the time Jimmy Hart was the manager of King Kong Bundy. Jimmy Hart climbing up the ladder and uh, using his megaphone to nail Bundy or nail Bruno. And as Bruno goes to grab that briefcase, um, the briefcase comes out of his hands and it lands into the uh, the hands of King Kong Bundy. And the last guy standing with the briefcase in his hand is the winner. And it would be a controversial victory nonetheless, but it would be um, it would add a lot of heat to King Kong Bundy um, and and really make the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 1 stand out. So your winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match is King Kong Bundy from WrestleMania 1. Now, cashing in. Is it successful? Is it not? 
in order to really get the ball rolling on this concept, I feel like it has to be successful, kind of like how it was you know, in 2005 when Edge won it and he eventually cashed in on John Cena in 2006. Um, Bundy's going to bide his time. Bundy's, you know, confident that he's got, you know, the ace in the hole that is the money in the bank briefcase. He can pick and choose his spot when he wants to go after the champion and take the, the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And, um... I'm going to kind of add a little bit of fantasy and mix it with reality in this concept here. Um, as we all know, at WrestleMania 2, uh, Hogan and King Kong Bundy were the main event for the WWF Championship inside of a steel cage. Hogan went in as the champion. But in this scenario here, I'm going to have Bundy attack Hogan on an episode of Saturday Night's main event and really put the really put a beating on Hogan, injuring his ribs and cashing in to win the money in the bank uh, to win the World Wrestling Federation Championship via his money in the bank contract. And that's when we will be introduced to Bobby the Brain Heenan as his manager. Um Jimmy Hart will have sold the services of King Kong Bundy for a large sum to Bobby the Brain Heenan. And Bobby the Brain Heenan will be the, the manager of the new World Wrestling Federation champion, King Kong Bundy. Now, as we all know, in real time, in 1986, Bundy attacked Hogan to set up their big cage match at uh, WrestleMania II when Hogan was still a champion. This match between Bundy and Hogan is still going to set up the cage match, but it's going to get, it's going to have Bundy going in as the champion, Hogan going in as the challenger, and Hogan wanting a, a, a match where he knows that there's going to be a guaranteed winner, there's not going to be any outside interference, and he in, invokes his rematch clause against King Kong Bundy inside of a steel cage at WrestleMania 2, and that was that's where you will see Hogan regain the World Wrestling Federation Championship and the hero will stand tall and prevail as the World Wrestling Federation Champion. Now, um, that might be or might seem very, um, what's the word? Uh, it might it might seem very, uh, I'm trying to find the right word for it here. That That might seem unrealistic, I guess you could say. Um, you know, the formula back then was Hogan the champion, the babyface champion, and he was chasing. Um, <clears throat> you know, or the, the the monster heels were chasing him. But, you know, this time around, because Hogan is so red hot and he lost the title in controversial fashion, I feel like in that era of wrestling, even though the formula was Hogan, the babyface, as the champion on top, I feel like people would still get behind the chase of the champion, of the babyface going after the heel champion. Um Something I could see taking place um, in realistic fashion. I, re I really could. I think that's something that's plausible, even during that time period in 1985, 1986. Um, but I could definitely see Hogan coming out the victor in that cage match and regaining the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to WrestleMania 2. Uh, the WrestleMania 2 Money in the Bank ladder match will pit the magnificent Don Morocco, Junkyard Dog, Terry Funk, 
adorable Adrian Adonis, Tito Santana once again, Jake the Snake Roberts, another Money in the Bank veteran, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Now, let's uh, let's let's go back here for a minute and um, and 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 give you an idea as to why these individuals are in this match. Um, JYD, adorable Adrian Adonis, Tito Santana, Terry Funk. Ricky Steamboat and Jake the Snake all were in various meaningless, random thrown together matches. JYD and uh, Steamboat tagged up, or uh, Tito tagged up against the Funks. Um, Adrian Adonis was in a meaningless match. Steamboat wrestled Hercules, and Jake the Snake wrestled George Wells. And they were all matches that were just, didn't really have any meaning looking back at it. Not a whole lot of buildup. Um, but that's what WrestleMania was in the early days. You know, you focused on a handful of matches and everything else was just filler to put guys on the card. Um, so those are the reasons why I put those individuals in. Now, Morocco and Orndorff, they were in the opening match of WrestleMania 2. Morocco managed by Fuji, Orndorff the babyface coming off of the recent babyface turn after, um, he was kind of dumped by Roddy Piper and Cowboy Bob, Orn, uh, Bob Orton. Um, Orndorff would eventually form an alliance with Hulk Hogan, and they would battle the Heenan family. Um, in this timeline here, um, the most likely choice for a Money in the Bank winner, I'm going to go with Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Um, he seemed to have the most momentum. Even at that time in 86, out of all the guys um, heading into that WrestleMania because of his association with Hulk Hogan and the fact that he was coming off of that partnership with Piper from the main event of the very first WrestleMania, um, I feel like Orndorff will, um, will come out the victor and win the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 2. In this timeline, in this scenario, uh, Orndorff, still a babyface, still kind of aligning with Hogan, but we'll start to see little seeds planted in subtle ways and in a subtle manner, setting up the eventual showdown with Orndorff and Hogan. Um, WrestleMania 2, when Hogan regains that title from Bundy in the steel cage, he's celebrating, and post-match we see Bundy and Bobby Heenan... Um, attack attack Hogan post-match and Hogan's trying to come back from a two-on-one and Orndorff enters the cage and helps Hogan out and raises Hogan's hand and we end the show WrestleMania 2 with Hogan and Orndorff posing uh, with Hogan as the WWF champion but good old Jesse Ventura has to remind us that Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff just won the Money in the Bank ladder match earlier in the evening is Orndorff going to turn on Hogan? And that's where things really could get the really start to get the ball rolling in these scenarios, um, especially this one. Um, as we know, in late '86, Orndorff and Hogan would eventually have a rivalry that would last them the majority of the back half of 1986, going into early '87 before WrestleMania three, and so. Um, Another scenario where I'm going to kind of mix fantasy and reality here. Um, I'm going to go with Orndorff turning on Hogan in the same way he did in 86. Okay. 
Orndorff turned on Hogan at following a match with the Heenan family. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. And Orndorff being so confident that he had beaten and battered and bloodied Hulk Hogan that he's not going to cash in right away. He's going to toy with Hogan. He's going to mess with Hogan's mind and remind him that I'm always going to be one step ahead of you. I'm always going to, you know, you're always going to have to look over your shoulder and wonder when I'm going to cash in. And uh, the turn with Orndorff on Hogan is going to result in Orndorff aligning with Bobby Heenan like we saw in 1986 and eventually it's going to come down to it where there's going to be a series of attempts at Orndorff cashing in on Hogan in various matches in various scenarios and the match won't be official because the bell never rang but eventually Orndorff is going to challenge Hogan to a steel cage match to take place on Saturday night's main event for the WWF Championship. And Orndorff is going to use the, his money in the bank to cash in that opportunity because he's so confident that all these months he has beaten down Hogan and he can take the opportunity to toy with Hogan in his quest for the championship that I feel like Orndorff's going to that cockiness is going to come back to bite him in the ass and Mr. Wonderful will lose his match and his opportunity at the championship in the same manner that he lost that cage match on Saturday night's main event. The famous cage match with Hogan and Orndorff where it was the photo finish of both guys exiting the cage at the same time. I feel like that's going to be the finish for Hogan to defeat Orndorff and Mr. Wonderful is going to become the first wrestler to unsuccessfully cash in his money in the bank. And this is going to set up Bobby Heenan kicking him out of the Heenan family and Heenan going to plan B, and that's Andre the Giant. And that's going to set up their clash at WrestleMania 3. So these are two different scenarios here between WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 2 where I felt the need to... Um, kind of incorporate some fantasy and add some different elements um, to the reality and what took place in these respective timelines here. So with that being said, Mr. Wonderful unsuccessfully cashes in his money in the bank. Hulk Hogan still your World Wrestling Federation champion on his collision course with Andre the Giant for WrestleMania 3. Um, let's move on to WrestleMania 3 and the WrestleMania 3 money in the bank ladder match. Um, in this match, you'll see Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes both wrestled each other on this WrestleMania card. Um, they had somewhat of a little bit of a rivalry with the whole Full Nelson thing. Um, I'm going to put that off to the side and put these two in the Money in the Bank ladder match for WrestleMania 3. Um, Rick Martel from the Can-Am Connection uh, is going to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, Martel wrestled with Tom Zink as a part of the Can-Am Connection, excuse me, to take on Don Morocco and Bob Orton in the opening contest of WrestleMania 3. So, in this instance, I'm going to put Martel in this match because Martel, I feel like, is an underrated performer and somebody that would be able to contribute a, um, a good high-flying style to the ladder match concept. Um... Another person that I feel like could be um, instrumental in um, this ladder match and adding that high-flying style is Coco Beware. 
Coco Beware wrestled on this WrestleMania card in 1987 as he wrestled Butch Reed, who will also be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, two guys who had a pretty solid rivalry going into this WrestleMania, um, had a match on the, on the card. Um, I'm putting them in this match because I felt adding them to this match could kind of enhance the match with their individual styles. And I'm talking about the Junkyard Dog, who was a very popular wrestler at the time in 1987, and Harley Race, the king Harley Race, if you will. Um, and rounding out um, this this group of individuals for the Money in the Bank ladder match is the is the, is who I'm picking as the winner to win this Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 3, the debut of the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Now, DiBiase would not debut until later in 1987, um, setting up his run early on in the WWF with guys like Hogan and Savage. I'm going to speed up. I'm going to expedite that process a little sooner. And DiBiase is going to be the the clear-cut favorite as the newcomer. The newcomer, the wild card, is going to take this Money in the Bank ladder match. DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Ted DiBiase, uh, the winner of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, another case where I'm going to I'm going to take some 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 fantasy and insert it into the real time of this scenario of, of this uh, money in the bank ladder match and the what to, what eventually would take place uh, DiBiase money in the bank uh, uh, a concept tailor made for his gimmick um, DiBiase going through just about anybody that the WWF put him through um, while reminding us all that, you know, he's everyone's got a price for the million dollar man and DiBiase will go to great lengths to make sure that, you know, his money in the bank contract is intact um, throughout the course of the next several months. Um, DiBiase would enlist in the services of Andre the Giant Um and would pay Andre a lot of money to protect him and his money in the bank concept. And we would see eventually what we kind of saw in 1987, 88, where DiBiase, um, you know, not wanting to waste the opportunity at cashing in his money in the bank, being the smart man that he is, DiBiase would offer Hulk Hogan large a large sum of money to buy the world wrestling federation championship which we did eventually see and hogan would turn that down and eventually we would see the hogan andre rematch and andre and hogan they had that classic rematch on saturday night's main event which we saw the twin referees, the referee screw job. It was the first time that the Hebners were involved in such a thing. And in this instance, um, we'll see the same thing that we saw, but this time Andre will be the World Wrestling Federation champion. Now, this is where I'm going to kind of take some of this, I'm, I'm going to kind of alter the concept here a little bit. You know, DiBiase being the smart man that he is, not wanting to waste his money in the bank opportunity, 
he helps Andre screw Hogan on that Saturday night's main event, and we see Andre hand the championship over to DiBiase. Okay, we see him hand that title over to DiBiase, and then that, and then we saw Jack Tunney and the World Wrestling Federation strip DiBiase of the title, setting up the main event, setting up the the tournament for WrestleMania Four. Um, in this scenario. Jack Tunney is not only going to strip DiBiase of the WWF Championship, but because he infiltrated the referees and used them to help screw Andre the Giant, or help screw Hulk Hogan with Andre the Giant in that championship match, Jack Tunney is going to strip the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase of his Money in the Bank contract. And he's going to set up a tournament for WrestleMania 4. Now, it's not going to be as large as the original tournament was, okay? Because... As a fan, going back and watching that WrestleMania today, um, man, that's a long show. And there were a lot of guys that didn't really need to be um, a part of that tournament. So um, in this instance, Million Dollar Man doesn't get the opportunity to cash in his Money in the Bank contract because he lost his Money in the Bank contract uh, due to his actions involving the referees helping Andre screw Hogan on Saturday night's main event. Now, DiBiase, because he's so smart and because he was stripped of his Money in the Bank contract, Jack Tunney would be forced to put DiBiase in the tournament along with Andre. And so we'll see DiBiase, Andre, Hogan, and Randy Savage in a four-way of sorts, in a, in a final four type setting of the tournament. So we'll see Randy Savage wrestle Andre the Giant at WrestleMania four, and we'll see Hogan wrestle DiBiase. And we'll get to Andre, or we'll get to Savage and DiBiase in the main event. DiBiase is, uh, you know, gets help from Andre to screw Hogan and get him eliminated from the tournament. And Randy Savage would end up, by the skin of his teeth, barely defeating Andre the Giant uh, via a disqualification because Andre did not want to let go of the chokehold uh, in the corner, which sets up Randy Savage, who is injured and at a disadvantage, taking on the Million Dollar Man Teddy Biasi in the finals for the World Wrestling Federation Championship. And we'll get to see the same finish. Hogan helping Savage defeat DiBiase to become the champion. But because Hogan was screwed earlier in the evening by DiBiase and Andre, that's his way of helping Savage win the championship. And we get the same scene where Elizabeth's in there and the Mega Powers stand tall with Randy Savage as your new World Wrestling Federation champion. Um, as far as the Money in the Bank ladder match goes on that show, allow me to construct and conform the WrestleMania 4 Money in the Bank ladder match for all of you. Um, part of that match, we'll see the Ultimate Warrior, who would be making his WrestleMania debut. He wrestled on that card against Hercules, um, who is also in that uh, match. We'll also see Greg the Hammer Valentine, who was a part of the WrestleMania 4 tournament. He'll be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Like I said, Hercules. Um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, also a part of the WrestleMania 4 tournament. He wrestled Greg the Hammer Valentine. He'll be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Bam Bam Bigelow will be a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, 
the Hart Foundation as a team, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, the first tag team to be involved in the Money in the Bank ladder match. We will see them a part of uh, the WrestleMania 4 um, Money in the Bank ladder match. And Bad News Brown, who won the WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal, eliminating Bret the Hitman Hart um, and taking home that trophy that meant absolutely nothing. Now, in this scenario, um, Steamboat would eventually leave the WWF not too long after this, so I don't have him winning. Um, the Warrior and Hercules are still embroiled in somewhat of a rivalry, and I can't see either one of them um, taking home the, uh, the, the briefcase. Greg Valentine, same here. Um, someone I don't feel like um, in 1988 would be um, looked at as someone they want to push to the main event. Um, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, one half of the Hart Foundation. The the Hart Foundation was a great tag team, but uh, you know Anvil. If they do split them up, they obviously and it you know pains me to say it now because he's no longer with us, but. They didn't have plans for him to be in a singles role. Um, he was always paired with someone, whether it be Brett, whether it be Owen, whether it be as a member of the Hart Foundation stable in the late 90s. Um, Jim Neidhart had no... Um, there was no reservation for Jim Neidhart to be uh, in a singles role further up the card. Um, so that leaves um, Bad News Brown, who was making a name for himself at that time in the WWF. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow, who was a solid upper card baby face, someone who I could picture with winning this Money in the Bank ladder match. But if I were to choose anyone to win the Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, I would have to go with Bret Hart. Um, I think... Bret Hart winning this match is their way of testing to see if he can be in a singles role. Now, that's a big test. Winning the Money in the Bank ladder match and having a guaranteed opportunity at the WWF Championship at a later date. Um, as far as cashing in goes, um, I don't think Brett's going to be successful. I think Brett's going to be a, a, a stopgap for Randy Savage, who would turn heel um, in early 1989 as they were on a collision course to the mega powers exploding. I think Savage will... Um, will you know still be the champion and he'll turn on Hogan and we'll still see the same scenario we saw but Brett will you know do the honorable thing and he'll be upset at what Savage did to Hogan and how Savage treated Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart will come to his aid and say I'm cashing in my chance to face you on wrestling challenge or superstars or whatever the case may be and Knowing Brett and Randy Savage, they will have had a great match, but Savage will find a way to squeak out the victory um, and, and retain the WWF Championship. But that will be the test to see if Bret Hart can hang in the big time with the main event guys, and I think it will be a very successful one. He may not win the championship, but cashing in that money in the bank and having that great match with a Randy Savage on a wrestling challenge or a Saturday night's main event, I think will be... Um, like I said, a test and, a, and and an awakening to management and fans alike that this guy could be a major player for years to come.
All right, let's continue with uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 5. Now, uh, this this ladder match, I'm going to go in a different route here. And um, in night, I'm sorry, WrestleMania 5 from 1989, I'm going to, the WWF Championship is not going to be up for grabs in terms of the title shot for the winner. This time, I'm going to put the Intercontinental Championship up for grabs for the winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, just because I feel like freshening up the concept um, w w would help, especially in its early infancy in the first few years, and it wouldn't, you know, it, it would make the concept stale, if you will. Um, so in this Money in the Bank ladder match, we're going to see um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, He's a favorite, and I can I can picture Duggan roughing it up with a ladder and maybe even you know his two by four. Um, Haku King Haku, I should say, uh, managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, another guy that could bring some physicality to the match. Um, Mister Perfect, uh, who was a uh, a newcomer um, in er, in late 1988. Um, Heading into heading into 1989, and Perfect was poised for big things upon arrival in the World Wrestling Federation, and um, I feel like putting him in this type of a match would help his process and his trajectory further along. Um, his opponent from WrestleMania Five. The Blue Blazer will be in this match. The late Owen Hart, um, a high flyer. Someone who can kind of add that element to the ladder match to make it exciting, along with the Rockers, both Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, another tag team in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Same reasons I put them in um, as the Blazer. They, they they could definitely bring some innovative offense to the Money in the Bank ladder match. And their opponents from that year in 1989 at WrestleMania 5, both the Big Boss Man and Akeem, the Twin Towers. Um, Another tag team in this Money in the Bank ladder match, but adding the the their involvement in this match adds that element of you know it's double trouble. It's these two big guys. They're a team. They're a force managed by Slick. How is everybody in this match going to stop these two big monsters? You know, from destroying everyone and winning the match. So I think that's going to be like the main element and the main story going into this Money in the Bank ladder match here is, is that Slick's got Bossman and Akeem, you know, a part of his entourage. They're both in this match and they're both going to destroy each other, but only one can win the Money in the Bank ladder match. And that's going to be the caveat here that's going to, um, that's going to set up their demise as a team eventually this is going to be the start of it because it wouldn't be till close to a year later when boss man and akeem boss man would split away from slick and akeem um over over boss man refusing to do what the million dollar man had paid slick for him to do uh, and that would be to retrieve the million dollar championship from jake the snake roberts this right here is going to be the start of it, okay? Their involvement in the match, their, 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 their tandem uh, offensive moves as big men, using the ladders to their advantage, it's, it's going to cause a ton of destruction in the match, but it's going to be the, also the point of contention and the beginning stages of the split between uh, boss man, Slick, and Akeem. Um, but coming out of this, match here um 
is none other than Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect is going to be your winner of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, this, this could be a situation where, um, you know, Boss Man and Hakeem um, take out the majority of the competition, take out Duggan, take out Haku, uh, take out the Rockers, and it's Little Blue Blazer that, you know, climb that, that pushes both boss man and hakeem off the ladder both of them are climbing up at the same time and now they're starting to wonder you know we have all of our competition you know take it out so which one of us is going to go for it? which one of us is going to be the one to 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 take the the briefcase and out of nowhere blue blazer coming off the top rope drop kicking the ladder both guys flying off the ladder out to the floor um blazer sets up the ladder he climbs up we think that the blue blazer is going to win it and out of nowhere mr perfect climbs up from behind throws him off and snatches the briefcase and is your money in the bank ladder match winner for wrestlemania 5 now cashing in his big cash in opportunity um they're gonna build it for a while okay in this scenario here, um, Perfect's going to go through the competition. He's going to beat the likes of Tito Santana. He may even beat a Bret Hart. Um, but Mr. Perfect, with the genius as his as his mouthpiece, as his manager, is going to look rather flawless um, and still maintain and keep his undefeated streak intact as the Money in the Bank ladder match winner, at further adding the chances of Perfect uh, you know, winning the Intercontinental Championship. Now... Later that year, or at that WrestleMania, the Ultimate Warrior would lose the championship to Rick Rude. Warrior would then regain that title at SummerSlam later that year in 1989. Um, and then we would see Warrior go through the Heenan family um, to eventually get to um, the showdown with him and Hogan at the following year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 6. But before warrior got there him and hogan had their issues with mr perfect and the genius and the showdown between hogan and warrior was would was originally booked champion versus champion title for title the ultimate challenge if you will um in this scenario here mr perfect is going to be the one that prevents that from taking place. Now, Perfect and Genius would have their match against Hogan and Warrior, and the and Hogan and Warrior would have some miscommunication in that tag match, and you know that would be the the, the early stages of Hogan and Warrior's issues with each other. They had that face off at the 1990 Royal Rumble, but it continued with this. Now, adding in my scenario here, it would be Perfect coming up from behind knocking hogan out with the briefcase then genius getting involved distracting warrior while this is going on perfect nailing him with the briefcase then handing the briefcase to the referee setting warrior up in the perfect plex and your winner and new world wrestling federation intercontinental champion Mr. Perfect. Now, I know some of you might look back and say that's not a likely scenario given the time period and, you know, the, the, the guys involved. But this is also a fantasy scenario, too. So I can kind of do whatever I want. <laughs> but this is going to be, you know, Mr. Perfect. This is going to add further add 
the and raise his stock if you will okay in the wwf and it's also going to set up things down the line for when perfect would eventually face warrior after warrior defeats hogan at that wrestlemania now warrior's got a bigger beef here okay warrior would warrior's gonna blame hogan for being involved and costing him the intercontinental championship following their tag team match okay so now warrior and hogan have even more personal issues going into that wrestlemania warrior would defeat hogan and hogan would pass the torch and warrior would be the guy while hogan would be out of action following that wrestlemania now mr perfect has the frame of mind of challenging ultimate warrior on his quest to become the wwf champion because perfect can lay claim to being the one to defeat warrior for the intercontinental championship before that wrestlemania perfect would still be undefeated Perfect would maintain that undefeated streak heading into a Saturday night's main event with the Ultimate Warrior. Even so much as putting his Intercontinental Championship on the line. So we'll see champion versus champion on a Saturday night's main event. And that's where Ultimate Warrior would come out the victor. Not, not winning the Intercontinental Championship, but you would set up rick rude's involvement okay and rick rude and ultimate warrior who would eventually have their collision course at SummerSlam 90 inside the steel cage this is how you get to rude and warrior by perfect challenging warrior for the wwf championship based off of his victory a month prior to wrestlemania 6 so another situation once again i'm kind of throwing a fantasy scenario but it, bring it back full circle to what we would eventually see um you know later on down the line now let's go to wrestlemania 6 let's go to the wrestlemania 6 um uh the money in the bank ladder match the participants the model rick martell and coco beware both individuals wrestled each other in the opening bout of that wrestlemania tito santana and the barbarian okay Tito Santana and the Barbarian also wrestled each other on this WrestleMania card. Jimmy Superfly Snuka and Ravishing Rick Rude also on the WrestleMania card. And Earthquake and Hercules, a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match with Earthquake and Hercules also wrestling each other on this Money in, on that WrestleMania card that year, 1990. So we're taking one, two, three, four matches, scrapping those and putting them all into one for this Money in the Bank ladder match for WrestleMania six. Now, who comes out the victor here? Some of you might wonder um, and think, based off of the last scenario, that maybe um, Rick Rude would be winning this Money in the Bank ladder match to to challenge um, Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Championship. Um, I'm not going to go that route. Instead, um, I'm going to pick Earthquake as your winner of the the WrestleMania Six Money in the Bank ladder match. Here, um, it looked like they were planning big things for Earthquake, and um, giving him this money in the bank win could really raise his stock as a as a big man as a monster within the, the main event ranks of the wwf at that time um as we all know 
1990, not long after this WrestleMania, Earthquake would attack Hulk Hogan on the Brother Love show and put him out of action, uh, put him out of commission. He would be gone for uh, several months, um, heading into the summer of 1990. And then eventually they'd be on this big collision course for their match at SummerSlam that year. Um, in this instance, Earthquake's going to still do that. But Earthquake is also going to... Um, try his hand at cashing in his money in the bank contract um, by announcing ahead of time that he's going to challenge the ultimate warrior on wrestling challenge just say let's just say for argument's sake or superstars okay um, so confident that a man of his size can defeat the ultimate warrior and become the WWF champion he's not going to cash in ahead of time uh, which you know could be a mistake um and in this scenario will be a mistake um this is earthquakes going to unsuccessfully um cash in his money in the bank against the ultimate warrior uh as a returning hulk hogan is going to enter the picture and cost earthquake his wwf championship which will set up their match at SummerSlam, and then warrior goes on to face rick rude for the wwf championship inside of a steel cage making that double main event happen fantasy reality meet in the middle you got money in the bank reimagined right here on kicking out at two seems to be a trend um but anyhow let's move on here uh let's go wrestlemania 7 now this one i'm a little bit torn with here okay i'll be perfectly honest with you looking through my notes um trying to fantasy book this scenario here I, I got a couple different options and I'll and I'll I'm gonna kind of leave things a little open-ended here um, this this money in the bank ladder match is going to see um, the Texas Tornado carry Von Eric who would wrestle Dino Bravo on that card the Mountie who would wrestle Tito Santana on that card um, the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith who would wrestle the Warlord on that card Warlord also being in this match as well um hacksaw jim duggan who wasn't even on the wrestlemania card but he was a guest commentator in the opening bout with the rockers and the heenan family uh joining uh gorilla monsoon on commentary i'm gonna put duggan in this match um the undertaker who as we all know the famous streak began it wasn't a thing back then but the streak began at wrestlemania 7 defeating jimmy snuka um and rounding out this WrestleMania 7 Money in the Bank ladder match is the returning Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. It, a few months prior, um, Ricky Steamboat, or three months later, I should say, Ricky Steamboat would debut in the WWF. But I'm going to kind of speed that process up and, you know, use that as a focal point or one of the focal points um, heading into this match. The returning Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um when it comes to um, who I got winning this, I got two different scenarios. Um, I got the the upstart um, singles babyface push for Davy Boy Smith to win this match, the British Bulldog. Um, it looked like they were doing some things with him um, and were trying to position him to eventually get up to the main event ranks. Um, so I could see a scenario here where Davey Boy were to win the Money in the Bank ladder match, um, and he would go on to challenge the WWF champion 
um, later in the year in 1991, that being The Undertaker. Undertaker would eventually win the WWF Championship and defeat Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series. Now, he would drop it to Hogan at this Tuesday in Texas, but in this scenario here, um, I could see Davey Boy... um, I could see Davey Boy and Undertaker at this Tuesday in Texas for the title with Undertaker coming out the victor um, and and retaining his WWF championship over Davey Boy in his first title defense. And also on that Tuesday in Texas card, I could see Hogan and Flair having their big matchup because Flair was the one that helped Undertaker defeat Hogan at Survivor Series in 1991. Hogan wanting revenge, he wants Flair first before he gets a crack at his title with Undertaker. That leaves Undertaker open, and Undertaker is challenged by the British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith via the Money in the Bank ladder match contract. Um... The other scenario I have for this WrestleMania Money in the Bank ladder match is The Undertaker winning and biding his time as the Money in the Bank contract holder to eventually challenge Hulk Hogan and decisively defeat him at rest at Survivor Series later that year. So Undertaker, you know, using the Money in the Bank contract to declare his opportunity at the title shot um, as opposed to them just signing Hogan and Undertaker like they did for that Survivor Series with Undertaker coming out the victor and winning the World Wrestling Federation Championship. So for this scenario here, I'm going to stick, I'm going to kind of leave things open-ended. You could go with Davey Boy and he's unsuccessful. Or you can go with Undertaker with a successful run, and that really kicks things off for Undertaker's push into the main event. Um, let's move on here. Uh, WrestleMania 8, the WrestleMania 8 Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, here we're going to see the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, who was originally scheduled to face the Berserker on this card, but due to some time constraints, that match got pulled from the show at the last minute so bulldog will be put into this money in the bank ladder match um also a part of this money in the bank ladder match will be el matador tito santana um owen hart who wrestled on the wrestlemania 8 card skinner who wrestled owen hart on this card he'll be in the match um tatanka the model rick martell both guys wrestled each other um and Shawn Michaels, who was in the opening bout against El Matador, Tito Santana. Um, those are going to be the individuals involved in this Money in the Bank ladder match. And this ladder match will be for the right to face the Intercontinental Champion. So um, I'm, I'm guessing here that um, based off of the guys that are involved in this match, if I'm going to pick anyone that could have won this match, uh, I'm going to go with Shawn Michaels. He was, there were big things destined for him in 1992. He had broken up with Marty Jannetty. He had changed his persona. He was paired up with Sherry. Um, You know, what better way to get behind him by having Shawn win the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 8. And in this instance here, um, when it comes to Sean cashing in, um, Sean cashing in his Money in the Bank ladder match 
or latter contract is going to come at the expense of the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith. Davy Boy won the Intercontinental title, defeating Bret Hart at SummerSlam 1992, and he would have a few month run with the championship, but um, he would eventually lose that title to Michaels on an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event in a scheduled match. In this instance, Davy Boy is going to wrestle the Mountie at the Survivor Series. And it's going to be Michaels cashing in on Davy Boy at Survivor Series to win the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Championship. All right, let's move on to uh, WrestleMania 9 and the WrestleMania 9 Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, um, WrestleMania 9 has historically been known as one of the most controversial and um, one of the worst WrestleManias in history. Um, based off of the the finish with Hogan winning the title after Yoko beat Brett, which I'm not totally against, um, but I'm, I can understand why people don't like it either. I've talked about it before. Um, the, the whole Caesar Palace, you know, Roman Empire theme, people kind of looked at that as very hokey and cartoonish. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, maybe I'm in the minority here. Maybe I'm in the minority about WrestleMania 9 in general, but... Um, even some of the matches on the card just seem very uh, um, put together uh, at the last minute. Um, some that just didn't seem to fit. And so in this scenario, in this instance, I'm going to take um, WrestleMania 9 and uh, shake things up just a little bit and insert a Money in the Bank ladder match onto that card. So for the most part, you'll still kind of see the same card. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When it comes to that pay-per-view, you'll still see Hogan and Beefcake against the Mega Maniacs. You'll still get Bret and Yoko for the title. You might even still get the Hogan beating Yoko at the end. You'll still get Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. You'll still get Crush and Doink, the Steiners and uh, and the Head Shrinkers. Um, but there's a few matches that I've altered a little bit. Um, originally on this card, Tatanka wrestled Shawn Michaels in the opening bout for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, to me, it was an okay match. Uh, kind of boring at times. Went a little longer than I would have liked. Um, in this in this scenario, Tatanka's not going to wrestle for the Intercontinental title. He'll be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Sean and Marty Jannetty will wrestle for the Intercontinental title. Now, in real time in 1993, Jannetty was fired after that Royal Rumble match with Shawn Michaels um, following that. And uh, he wasn't seen from for uh, a number of months. In this case here, he's not going to be fired. Him and Michaels are going to tear it up in the opening match for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 9. Um... Razor Ramon and Bob Backlund were originally on the WrestleMania card uh, against one another in a very short three-minute match. I'm going to put them in the Money in the Bank ladder match just because. Um, you know, Backlund being the veteran, kind of having add some veteran experience to this match. Razor, who, you know, at that time was kind of on a roll. Um, heading into uh, 1993, he had a shot at the title against Brett at that Royal Rumble. And then after that, it just kind of seemed to go go downhill uh, from there uh, until uh, the the, the storyline with the one two three kid. Um, but in this scenario here, he's going to be a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. Also, someone who was originally scheduled to be on the WrestleMania card, but they didn't, uh, they couldn't get the match put together, was Bam Bam Bigelow. He was supposed to face Kamala. Uh, so Bam Bam Bigelow is going to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, here's a wild card for you. Papa Shango. Papa Shango is going to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Papa Shango wrestled actually on the dark match of WrestleMania 9 against El Matador Tito Santana. Uh, so I'm going to put Papa Shango in this match because 
I think he would just kind of add that wild card element to the, the ladder match, and people really won't know what to expect from him. Also on this uh, card, Lex Luger, the narcissist, who wrestled originally Mr. Perfect, who's also going to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, I'm putting both of them in because I just feel like Perfect, you know, having some kind of notoriety and credibility in WWF at that time would help with this ladder match. Luger being a, uh, a newcomer. Um, on the scene in the WWF, uh, ha having him in this type of a match would kind of add another element of the story in this ladder match here. This newcomer, Lex Luger, the narcissist. Um, and I just feel like his presence would help. And then last but not least, um, Owen Hart, who in my Money in the Bank timeline here has been in a number of Money in the Bank ladder matches previously. I'm going to put him in this WrestleMania 9 Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, and as far as uh, who were to come out the victor here, um, it's going to come down to uh, Mr. Perfect and... Um, and Razor Ramon climbing up the top of the ladder. Both of them looking to retrieve the briefcase went out of nowhere. Lex Luger knocks the ladder over, tossing both guys out to the ringside area. Luger climbing up, sneaking his way up that ladder slowly but surely and grabbing the briefcase and winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, as far as um, where I see Luger when it comes to cashing in, this is where, this is another scenario where I'm going to, I'm going to bring fiction and have it meet reality, but I'm going to alter that reality following the cash-in. Um, as we all know, in 1993, the WWF was in the midst of a change. Uh, Yokozuna was the WWF champion after defeating Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was no longer in the company. They needed a, a hero, so to speak. Um, many thought it was supposed to be Bret Hart because Bret Hart was popular and Bret Hart had gotten screwed uh, at the, uh, the, the, the end of that WrestleMania main event. Uh, he won the King of the Ring, but um, Bret Hart was kind of pushed down the ladder so to speak and uh in came in lex luger uh they had immediately turned lex luger into a baby face this all-american yankee doodle dandy on steroids and luger had um made his way onto the uh the stars and stripes body slam challenge on the uss intrepid on the 4th of july in 1993 slamming yokozuna and earning himself an opportunity at the world wrestling federation championship we're still going to see that, but with the added element of money in the bank, because Lex Luger is going to slam Yokozuna, deliver that forearm, that, that deadly bionic forearm, and then cash in his money in the bank to win the World Wrestling Federation Championship and be the hero on the U.S. Intre Intrepid on the 4th of July, your new World Wrestling Federation Champion, Lex Luger. Now, here's where I'm going to kind of alter the reality, you know, this is where I kind of alter the reality following this cash-in. Luger's the WWF champion. He is, he he is well on his way to the, you know, the, being the, the the flag bearer for the World Wrestling Federation, defeating Yokozuna. He's the conquering hero on the Fourth of July. The the hero that the United States of America needed, and out of nowhere comes the debut of James E. Cornette, Jim Cornette. That's right. Goddamn motherfucker, um, Cornette. Is going to you know now let's go let's travel back here real time for a moment. Cornette debuted for the WWF in August of 1993, early August, and it was 
you know, announced that he was the American spokesperson for Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. He was the, the mouthpiece for Yokozuna heading into his SummerSlam match with Lex Luger. There's two different options I'm kind of going with here when it comes to that. Cornette is going to rear his ugly head earlier into this storyline and as the American spokesperson for Jim Cornette with the proper legal team supporting them they're going to fight Luger's victory over Yokozuna on the Stars and Stripes body slam challenge and claim that Luger even though he used his money in the bank contract to cash in at any time and anywhere up to a year his bionic forearm was not protected like it's supposed to be in a non-sanctioned match. So therefore, Jack Tunney would have no choice but to overturn that decision and hand the title back to Yokozuna. Luger's championship win would still count in the history books, but Yokozuna would get the belt back via a technicality. A dusty finish, if you will, which could add more heat onto Yokozuna and Jim Cornette heading into a SummerSlam rematch with Luger as the hero, wanting his opportunity to regain his World Wrestling Federation Championship. Or the other route I'm going with is Luger heads into SummerSlam as the champion, as the conquering hero, stars and stripes forever against Yokozuna, who's looking to regain his World Wrestling Federation Championship. What's the better story? You know, in 1993, they were going with the heel on top. So, I feel like in this scenario, in this fantasy money-in-the-bank reimagined scenario, if you will, um, Cornette's going to rear his ugly head and use the... the the, uh, the services of his legal team to find the technicality in the in the in Luger's victory and have that championship title return to Yokozuna, overturning the uh, the um, the decision made, and therefore Luger will be a former WWF champion. But Jack Tunney will grant him a proper rematch against Yokozuna for the WWF championship in the main event of SummerSlam 1993. Now. Imagine having that kind of added steam to their championship match because it was already a big deal in 93 when Luger was just challenging Yokozuna. When Luger had made his way on the, the, the USS Intrepid and he slammed Yokozuna in that Stars and Stripes challenge. But, you know, it was already a big deal. They were already really pushing the machine behind him. But imagine if Luger had won that day became World Wrestling Federation champion and had that title for, let's say, a couple of weeks, maybe a month, if that. And that's when Cornette comes into play and uses his legal services to find that technicality, take the title. And now you got that, like I said, that instant heat on Yoko, that instant heat on Cornette. And you got more people interested in Luger as the, as, you know, the guy that's going to dethrone Yoko yet again. You know what I mean? So I feel like that would that would add a little more steam to the, um, the SummerSlam main event. Um, let's move on here uh, with our WrestleMania 10 Money in the Bank ladder match scenario here. Now, as we all know, WrestleMania 10 was known as the... The, the night that the ladder match debuted on, on a grand scale in the WWF. Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, to determine who was the undisputed World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion. Now, um, to support this Money in the Bank reimagined scenario, we're not going to obviously have that. Uh, however, Razor and Shawn will have um, a series of matches 
in the coming weeks to determine who's the the the, the greatest inter, who is the undisputed intercontinental champion a best of five series so to speak i guess you could call it um between Razor and Sean. And the best of five series, you know, Razor's going to come out the victor um, in this one and be the rightful Intercontinental Champion. Kind of, you know, kind of the, the same same uh, finish we saw, WrestleMania 10 in that ladder match, but this is going to take place before WrestleMania 10. But because of both men's performances and the, the excitement that they brought fans in their series of matches in this best of five series, which will go the distance in the five matches, um, both men will be inserted into the WrestleMania 10 Money in the Bank ladder match. So there's Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, um, their role in this match. Um, Double J Jeff Jarrett will also be in this Money in the Bank ladder match, along with Bob Holly, Erwin Arshyster, Tatanka, the 123 Kid, and the model Rick Martel. Now, this is where I'm gonna kinda take us take us on a different path here. I've been kind of doing a lot of fiction meets reality and altering events and changing things up a bit for um for the purposes of trying to stay stay within the timeline this this scenario here i'm gonna go a completely different route um because i just i i you gotta switch things up you gotta make you, you gotta you gotta keep it fresh and that's what i'm trying to do here with some of these uh scenarios and these ideas so in this instance um Bob Holly will not participate in this match. Uh, Bob Holly will have been attacked by the head shrinkers prior to this um, prior to this match. After Bob Holly had defeated one of the head shrinkers in a qualifying match to get into this Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, for those of you that remember uh, WrestleMania 10 originally, like I said, you had Shawn and Razor in the ladder match, but. Um, Jeff Jarrett, Erwin R. Scheister, Rick Martell, and the Head Shrinkers were all scheduled to meet um, Tatanka, Bob Holly, the 123 Kid, and the Smoking Guns in a 10-man tag team match. In this scenario here, we obviously aren't going to see that, um, but those are the, that's one of the reasons why I put those guys into this match, because they are good workers and i feel like they would perform really well in this type of environment and you add them in along with razor and sean but like i said holly's not going to be in this match so he's out he got taken out on the free-for-all or the kickoff show by the head shrinkers and jack tunney would be forced to have to find a replacement and throughout the course of the evening there are guys that are pitching to replace um, Bob Holly, uh, Owen Hart, who had just defeated Bret Hart in the opening match of WrestleMania 10. You can kind of add that element to it. Owen Hart wanting an opportunity to go for the Money in the Bank contract via the victory over Bret. Jack Tunney, he's putting it into consideration. Lex Luger will pitch his, his right to be in the match after he was screwed by Mr. Perfect in the first WWF Championship match with Yokozuna, who Mr. Perfect was the guest referee. Jack Tunney will have to think about that. Randy Macho Man Savage and Crush both respectively pitching their spot, their 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 place in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Savage would eventually get the win over Crush in real time in '94. Same for same in this storyline here as well. But the individual who's going to replace Bob Holly in this timeline here for 1994 at WrestleMania 10 is someone who did not not wrestle on this card. As a matter of fact, he was gone from the WWF for a, for a very long while. And that person is also going to be the same person that wins this Money in the Bank ladder match. And I'm talking about 
The Undertaker. Undertaker, as we know, in 1994, had that casket match with Yokozuna at the Royal Rumble, and Yokozuna and Mr. Fuji had hired a bunch of guys to help stuff the Undertaker in the casket, and when the casket was being wheeled down the aisle, he saw the green smoke, and then Undertaker appeared on the screen, and he had ascended to the heavens, if you will, through the, the big screen, and we didn't see Undertaker for a very long time, not until the, uh, the Undertaker versus Undertaker match at SummerSlam 1994. We're going to skip all that crap, and Undertaker's going to return and take his place in the Money in the Bank ladder match and come out the victor. Um, and Undertaker's going to have that added momentum to his return and put in the title picture via this Money in the Bank contract uh, victory in the ladder match. Um, as far as cashing in goes, there's a couple different scenarios I could I could live with, I could see here. Um I could see Undertaker looking to cash in his money in the bank against Bret Hart, who would win the WWF Championship on maybe an episode of Monday Night Raw. You know, Undertaker being the the respected veteran that he is, he ahead of time tells <laughs> Bret that I'm cashing in this money in the bank, and you know I want your title. I want to be the WWF champion, and they have a they have a match on Raw, and we could see a finish where you know. Brett's Undertaker has Brett in the you know in the choke slam and he delivers the tombstone, but out of nowhere comes Jim Cornette and uh, to distract the referee. Yokozuna comes up from behind, throws salt in the eyes of the Undertaker. Bret Hart takes advantage of that, rolls him up, not seeing that Yokozuna had did that, and Bret Hart is the winner and still your World Wrestling Federation champion. That could further add the 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 drama and and more impetus in the story with Undertaker and Yokozuna. As we all know. Um, or we could see Undertaker wrestle Brett challenging him once again. And maybe this is how he's, his involvement with the Million Dollar Corporation and DiBiase. Um, maybe DiBiase, you know, and the Million Dollar Team cost the Undertaker the opportunity. Or maybe we see an instance where... Um, Undertaker holds on to that briefcase for a while. He goes through all his opponents. He goes through Yokozuna. He goes through the Million Dollar Corporation. Excuse me. And then we get to Brett losing the championship at Survivor Series to Bob Backlund. And instead of Diesel being the guy to defeat Bob Backlund in eight seconds at the Garden, it's the Undertaker cashing in his Money in the Bank contract. And Undertaker heads into 1995 as your World Wrestling Federation champion. So there's a few different options there. I kind of, I'm, I'm going to kind of leave that on the table. Um, but, uh, you know, this is the scenario here where um, I'm totally twisting things up a bit here and I'm expediting Undertaker's return quicker to the WWF by having him return in the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 10 and winning and becoming Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, like I said, it could be against Brett. It could be, you know, with, with Yoko's involvement, it could be against Brett and maybe that's how the Million Dollar Team gets involved. Um, or you can wait and have him do it against Bob Backlund. But I think there's a number of different scenarios that, uh, that, that could work at that time for 1994. All right, let's get to WrestleMania 11 in 1995. Uh, Justin and I just recently uh, uh, did a watch-along, which you can find in the archives at uh, the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean by searching Retromania with a W. You can also find it in the archives. Um, 
on the SoundCloud page by searching Kicking Out of Two, as well as uh, you can find it on our social media, both uh, Facebook.com uh, forward slash Kicking Out of Two, as well as our Twitter handle at Kicking Out Two. Cheap plug, uh, as always, as I do here on Kicking Out of Two. But um, anyhow, uh, we did a watch along of that show from start to finish, and many have regarded that as the worst WrestleMania of all time, worse than WrestleMania 9, and it's hard not to argue that. Um, but in this case here, hopefully with my scenario, I can kind of soften the blow on the worst WrestleMania of all time. Um, I'm going to alter some matches here and uh, um, to, to kind of fit the scenario when it comes to this Money in the Bank ladder match. So first and foremost, Lex Luger and the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, originally at this WrestleMania competed in the opening bout against Jacob and Eli Blue, the Blue Brothers, managed by Dutch Mantel, Uncle Zebakaya. That match is not going to happen in this scenario because both Luger and Davy Boy are going to enter the Money in the Bank ladder match, probably defeating both Jacob and Eli Blue. Um prior to this um also part of this money in the bank ladder match a virtual newcomer to the world wrestling federation henry godwin um he had been around for a few months and uh i think putting someone as physical as him into this match i think would definitely help and add a, an element of physicality to it along with guys like adam bomb and mabel um mabel who him and mo had recently you know before wrestlemania 11 um turned heel and attacked the smoking guns uh this is going to be the start of mabel's heel run in the singles role with mo is kind of like his mouthpiece if you will also a part of this will be hakushi who would make his debut in the wwf not too long before wrestlemania um he would kind of slowly um, inch his way into a storyline with Bret Hart, and then they would further advance that following this WrestleMania. But he's going to be in this ladder match, and obviously his high-flying skill and ability, I think, will certainly help. Um, also, um, a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match will be none other than Bret Hart and Bob Backlund, who faced each other at WrestleMania 11 in what many consider the worst WrestleMania match of all time, or one of the worst in their I Quit match. Those two are going to be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match here. Now, full disclosure, when I was kind of thinking about what kind of scenarios we could go with here and, and uh, you know, reimagine, if you will... Um, I'm stuck on two guys that I think could potentially win this match or could have potentially won this match in 1995, and that's Davey Boy Smith and Bret Hart. Um, Bret Hart had suffered in, in 1994... Um, uh, a big loss to Bob Backlund at Survivor Series, thanks to his brother Owen Hart, um, and he had uh, he had gotten an opportunity at the championship with Diesel, and when he had faced Diesel, uh, Owen Hart and Bob Backlund and Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie and Shawn Michaels, they all got involved, and there was a big schmoz finish, um, and it was a no contest, and Brett and Diesel, you know, shook hands, but we knew that we would see them wrestle each other again. And so um, I feel like Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 11 could be a redemption for Brett the Hitman Hart here. Um, when it comes to who he would cash in on, um, you could you could have him want a straight-up wrestling match with Diesel again. Maybe they do it in a cage and Brett were to be the one to come out the victor. Maybe their Survivor Series match in 95 gets altered here with Brett taking the um, the championship from Diesel, but inside of a steel cage to ensure that there's no outside interference. Um, and, and that's how Brett would successfully cash in his money in the bank. And this time it would be redemption for him after having won money in the bank at WrestleMania 4, 
you know, a few years prior and then losing to Randy Savage, this could be a, 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 a even more redemption for him. You know, he, he wins the money in the bank again, and this time he cashes in successfully, you know, and maybe this is where we see Brett's run um, with the title heading to 1996 and eventually the collision course with Shawn Michaels. Uh, there's this little added element of the money in the bank and defeating diesel inside of a cage at the survivor series in 1995 um or we could see um or we could see davy boy smith win the money in the bank ladder match he's another one that i was kind of thinking about here um bulldog had that great performance with Shawn michaels at the royal rumble and honestly even as a kid, I thought that there was going to be some big things for Davey Boy, not only just at this WrestleMania in particular, but for months to come because of that performance, because he was screwed out of the championship or screwed out of the Royal Rumble victory um, with Shawn Michaels only having one foot hit the floor. So this could also be some redemption for Davey Boy as well and Davey Boy winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. Maybe we'll see an instance where... We kind of expedite Davy Boy's heel turn a little sooner, and he dumps Luger off the ladder to get the opportunity to grab the briefcase and become the winner. And then he bides his time. He waits until when Diesel least expects it after losing, after defeating Mabel at the King of the Ring in 1995, Bulldog... Or, or excuse me, SummerSlam, Mabel won the King of the Ring that year. If Diesel defeats Mabel at SummerSlam, like we saw 25 years ago in 1995, then Bulldog uh, would take that opportunity after Mabel pretty much manhandling him the entire match. Bulldog takes the opportunity to cash in the money in the bank, successfully defeating Diesel and ending his run as the World Wrestling Federation champion. Now, how long would a Bulldog Davy or a title run take place? Well, I don't see it lasting very long. Maybe a couple of months, if that. Um, but I think he would. I, I think it would come down to uh, a situation where, um, if Bulldog were to win and defeat Diesel, he defeats Diesel in the rematch, and maybe that's where you you get Brett involved, and uh, Brett is the one to dethrone Davy Boy um, at the uh, the 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 Winnipeg. Uh, October 1995 in your house event. Uh, Brett and uh, Davey Boy for the WWF Championship. And Brett gets that victory back that, that he that he had yearned for since losing the Intercontinental title to SummerSlam. He defeats Davey Boy. So let's just say Davey Boy has like a two-month run with the belt. Um, which in 1995, I think is something that's plausible because they were experimenting with a lot of different things. Um, and if, if, you know, Davy Boy was healthy and Davy Boy was on the up and up, that I could see Davy Boy cashing in money in the bank at D on Diesel at the end of SummerSlam to then set up a match with him and Brett later on down the line. So um, those are just the two scenarios here I could see with one of them, you know, either guy winning money in the bank. They would both be successful cash-ins. They would be looked at as forms of redemption for them um but but you know in, in davy boy's instance he would have to turn heel during this match or he could turn heel i'm not saying he should or he would have to but he could turn heel on luger and then maybe you know turning heel with you know on his partner luger which was a short-term alliance to begin with you know it's him and luger for a few months on tv with davy boy as money in the bank and he's just got luger to bide his time until he gets to diesel 
So those are just a few of the options there that I kind of uh, mapped out when it comes to the WrestleMania 11 Money in the Bank ladder match. Let's go to WrestleMania 12. And this Money in the Bank ladder match, I think, is for this time period is pretty loaded, if I, if I do say so myself. Um, this Money in the Bank will be also for a shot at the WWF Championship. It will be um, both. It will be Davey Boy returning along with Owen Hart, Ahmed Johnson, Razor Ramon, the One Two Three Kid, Jake the Snake, Psycho Sid, and the debut of the Wild Man, Mark Marrow. Um, this Money in the Bank here, I think, um, will be very would have been very important at that time period had this. Uh, had, had this match taken place had all these guys been involved um, on the Wrestlemania 12 card we saw Owen and Bulldog team with Vader to take on Ahmed Jake the Snake and Yokozuna in a six man tag but as we all know um, the, the, the real story of that match of that six man at the time was Yoko and Vader hooking it up um, but I believe the reason why they had the six man at this time was because Vader had an injured shoulder, but they still wanted him on the card. Um, they still felt he was important to be a part of that show. And um, he had a ton of steam behind him from his debut to attacking Gorilla Monsoon. And they were trying to make the most out of the situation. And uh, that's, I think, the reason why they had it in, in turned into a six man. Um, in this case here, in this scenario, we'll, you'll get Vader and Yoko in a singles. And if Yoko wins, he gets five minutes alone with Jim Cornette. Um, but in this case here, um, Owen and Bulldog, Ahmed, Jake will be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, three individuals who were not a part of this WrestleMania card, and I believe two of them were not with the company at the time. I know Sid was not with the WWF. I know, like, I think it's in early January of 96. Um, uh, him and the company had parted ways. Uh, but in this timeline, in this scenario, Sid in a Money in the Bank ladder match in Re WrestleMania 12, I think would be a cool a cool idea. Um, one, two, three, kid. I believe he was taking part in a stint in rehab. Uh, he had had some troubles and some personal issues, and he took some time off, and he was not a part of WrestleMania 12. But in this instance here, all is right with the world, and the one, two, three, kid who... Him and Sid, both managed by the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, are a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, Mark Merrill made his debut in a vignette in an interview backstage after Triple H lost to the Ultimate Warrior, setting up their storyline. Merrill's going to debut in this Money in the Bank ladder match, a wild card for the wild man, so to speak. And then we have here the guy who I'm picking to win this Money in the Bank ladder match. He was not on this card. He was rumored to have faced Gold Dust in a Miami street fight, uh, but he failed a drug test. Razor Ramon, I'm picking him to win this Money in the Bank ladder match, and I and I'm. I'm really going off the beaten path here because if you all remember the timeline in 1996, um, Razor and Diesel left WWF to eventually go to WCW and begin the the New World Order storyline with Hulk Hogan. Um, in this timeline here, they're not leaving. Diesel's going to get, you know, Diesel and Sean are going to have their run as, um, you know, uh, it. it their their rivalry they're going to continue that it's not just going to be a one and done like that in your house match they're going to go on for the better part of the springtime maybe even into the uh the the early summer um but this situation here we're going to see um here, i just cooked something up in my brain I'll, I'll just bring it to light right now um sean and diesel 
headline several pay-per-views over the next few months different gimmick matches the, you know no holds barred maybe a steel cage match maybe we'll see something with sean and um and and uh, diesel and maybe even in a ladder match uh to to kind of play off sean's history in the ladder match um and Sean's going to come out victorious in all those occasions and in, in, in that instance. And then it's going to, it's going to get to a point where um, following their, their final showdown with whatever type of match that they decide to have um, diesel loses and he goes off and he snaps and he starts to beat down on Sean Michaels. Um, couple jackknife power bombs uh, really send a message and coming to make the save is razor Ramon, Sean Michaels friend. Okay, because even on television, they had they didn't have an association with each other. They were obviously members of the clique uh, backstage, but they didn't have an association with each other on TV. In this instance, they've they, they'll loosely be friends. They'll you know they'll 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 befriend each other in tag matches and make the save for each other. But that history between the two of them will obviously still be clouded over their over their uh, their on screen existence. Um, and this is where Razor Ramon's going to make his intentions known that he wants to be the WWF champion. And as he saves Diesel, Diesel or saves Sean, Diesel powders out and he he helps Sean up and he nails Sean with a clothesline and several Razor's edges um, setting the scene for uh, what's to come. Um, you know, Razor Ramon is eventually going to cash in on Shawn Michaels. And it's going to be a situation, I feel like, where... In this case, Razor's not gonna. Razor's letting Sean know that I can have that title anytime I want, but I'm gonna pick and choose when I decide to do it. Um, so Sean's gonna kind of go about his business. Um, you know, wrestling guys like Vader, wrestling guys like Mankind, wrestling guys like Owen Hart and Davey Boy. And he's gonna go through the list throughout the course of 1996, um, and then eventually Razor Ramon is going to. Um, Razor Ramon's going to announce his intentions to cash in the Money in the Bank um, contract against Shawn Michaels at the 1997 Royal Rumble event from San Antonio, Texas. Um, you know, Razor's got up to a year. He's going to wait a while, and I think he, I think he could do it at the 1997 Royal Rumble match. Now. Razor attacking Sean, you could make the argument that it's Razor turning heel, and Razor had had a run for about three years as a babyface, and maybe, you know, freshening up a bit would help, but at the same time, Razor is always the bad guy. He never really changed. It's just that people liked him more um, as he had become even badder, so to speak. So Razor attacking Sean, letting it be known that he wants the title, and then, you know, every once in a while keeping an eye on Sean's matches, maybe having him come out and do commentary for some of his matches with the briefcase or him standing at ringside, kind of scouting Sean's matches, letting it be known that like, you're going to have to watch over your shoulder, uh, you know, and, and realize that, you know, I'm, I'm breathing down your neck. And one of these days I'm going to get that title and I'm going to do it when I say so. Um, and Brazer being the cocky superstar that he is, he waits until he tells Sean, I'm going to do it in your hometown. I'm going to do it at the Royal rumble. And those two guys. And he said, and, and he says to Sean, he goes, let's make it, let, let, let's make it official. Let's do it in a ladder match, a match that we have both made famous, a match that, that both, you know, that, that both of us have, have revolutionized and excelled in, you know, let, let's just say for argument's sake that, that their rubber match 
is in the ladder match at the Royal Rumble in 1997. Um, Sean and Razor for the WWF Championship. The stakes are high, and it will be a situation where, you know, we may see little subtle hints of a Razor Ramon heel turn because he's frustrated that he can't get the job done, um, using the ladder to his advantage and really injuring Sean and picking him apart but um, Sean's gonna do what he does best fight his way back uh, climb that ladder and eventually um, retrieve the championship and Razor Ramon's money in the bank cash in will be unsuccessful now like I said this is another scenario I'm kind of twisting things up a bit because if Razor Ramon never left the WWF after WrestleMania 12 then uh you know, we we would have never seen the the beginning of the New World Order storyline, and maybe wrestling would have never been the same. So, um, this is a situation here where I'm really rolling the dice here on this scenario, and uh, you know, trying to uh, trying to add a little uh, creativity to this uh, Money in the Bank reimagined uh, elements, especially for uh, WrestleMania 12. Let's go to uh, WrestleMania 13, as this Money in the Bank ladder match will be for um, an opportunity at either the WWF Championship or the Intercontinental Championship. Um, in this WrestleMania, in this scenario, I feel like um, kind of giving someone the choice, the opportunity, adds a little bit more of a mystique to the, the, the cash-in scenarios. Is he going to cash in on the WWF champion? Is he going to cash in on the Intercontinental champion? Um, so kind of adding that element of surprise um, even further with it being not just one title, but possibly another championship somebody could cash in on, I think would really, um, you know, uh, add further intrigue to the Money in the Bank ladder match concept. So here are the participants for uh, this Money in the Bank ladder match for WrestleMania 13. I'm not altering the card too much. I'm just kind of filling in some holes. Um, but uh, when it comes to the, the guys that are going to be involved in this ladder match, um, I'm going to start with Vader and Mankind. Both were teaming with each other, excuse me, against um, Owen Hart and Davey Boy for the tag team titles. Um I think the intrigue of Owen and Davey being tag team champions and fighting over the European Championship, which they had issues with in 1997, would be a better Mania matchup than that random tag. So why not put Vader and Mankind in this Money in the Bank ladder match, really bringing the physicality to the uh, to the match? You can only imagine, you know, what Vader could do in this type of a match. And of course, you know, Mick Foley, um, just about any household item was a part of his repertoire. And uh, seeing Mankind in the ladder match, I think, would be pretty neat. Um, also in this match, uh, two individuals who actually faced each other for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm putting them in this match because uh, I feel like having their own spotlight uh, didn't do them any favors. And I'm talking about the Sultan and the Rock, Rocky Maivia. Um, they wrestled for the Intercontinental Championship. In this instance here, Rock will still be the Intercontinental Champion, but he'll just have an opportunity to go for the WWF Championship. Um, Billy Gunn and Flash Funk, who actually wrestled each other on the free-for-all, they're going to be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, but the wild card and the winner of this ladder match at WrestleMania 13 is ECW's Rob Van Dam. Now, um, as we all know, us wrestling historians, uh, the WWF and ECW had a short-lived working relationship with each other where they would swap some talent and... Uh, um, 
ECW had a presence on WWF television in the spring of 97. Uh, this instance here would be um, a case where uh, the WWF would welcome a member of the ECW roster to take part in this in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, further inciting the issues that Jerry Lawler would have with the ECW roster um, and their involvement in the WWF. So um, Rob Van Dam being a member of the ECW brand, it wouldn't be long until he was a protege of Jerry Lawler's, but um, his involvement in the Money in the Bank ladder match, I think, would, would really add some uh, another element to the story between Jerry Lawler and the ECW roster on WWF programming. Um, like I said, RVD wins this, and I think RVD would... I'm going with a successful cash in the night after WrestleMania over Rocky Maivia for the Intercontinental Championship. And RVD takes the Intercontinental Championship with him to the ECW barely legal pay-per-view as he faces with Lance, he faces off against Lance Storm. You could even have him defend the, e the, the WWF Intercontinental Championship at the ECW pay-per-view and further strengthening the relationship between both companies. Um, I mean, at the time... In 1997, WWF and especially Vince McMahon was doing anything they could to fight off Ted Turner and WCW. And, uh, you know, I think this would be a move that Vince definitely would have pulled out of his playbook um, had the opportunity presented itself to him. So, um, now that's, that, that's, where I'm, that's where I stand when it comes to WrestleMania 13. RVD, the winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match. And ironically, it would be in the same building where he had won the Money in the Bank ladder match in 2006. So, go figure. Um, I didn't even think about that until just now but yeah rvd successfully cashing in the next night over rocky maivia winning the intercontinental championship and uh that could be an instance where jerry lawler um helps rvd win and uh you know he he recruits rvd as a protege of his and recruits him to join the world wrestling federation and it's a wwf versus ecw kind of little mini rivalry um that's something I could see taking place as well. But yeah, that's where I stand when it comes to WrestleMania 13. WrestleMania 14. This is going to be a good one. Um, had this Money in the Bank ladder match taken place, we would see... Um, there, there wouldn't be too much altering of the card. Um, we would pretty much see everything with the exception of Shamrock and The Rock for the Intercontinental Championship. Those two are going to be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um... Also a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match would be Jeff Jarrett, who didn't have a, a match on this card, but he escorted Jennifer Flowers to the ring to be the guest ring announcer for the Ken Shamrock, Rocky, Maivia Intercontinental title match, or should I say The Rock. Um, so he'll be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match, making his debut in the World Wrestling Federation will be Val Venus. Val Venus wouldn't debut for a few weeks following WrestleMania. In this instance, the adult film star is going to debut on the grandest stage of them all in a ladder match for an opportunity at uh, the WWF Championship. Um, also part of this match will be two more members of the Nation of Domination, Farouk and D'Lo Brown. Um, so... Kind of playing off what took place in 1998. There was some dissension in the ranks of the nation. The Rock and Farouk had their issues. Rock was kind of rising up the ranks and taking over. Um, Farouk didn't really have the support of everyone. There was dissension amongst all those guys in the nation. So you're going to kind of keep that story heading into this ladder match here. Um, 
Also, finally, part of this match, I forgot to mention, Kurgan, who was once a member of the Truth Commission. He um, would be managed by the Jackal, Don Callis, uh, who would be known as Cyrus the Virus in ECW. Um, he'll be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match, kind of adding that element of who's going to stop this big guy. Um, but when it comes down to it, um, the winner of the WrestleMania 14 Money in the Bank ladder match is going to be The Rock. Uh, we're going to see... Um, we're going to see The Rock proclaim his, his his victory as, you know, Mr. Money in the Bank via the nation screwing Farouk. Um, you know, we saw the next night that Rock kind of took over the nation and, you know, dumped and the nation dumped Farouk. But I think we're going to see this one at WrestleMania. I think it's going to be a situation where... Um, where, uh, you know, it's Farouk and Shamrock. Shamrock's going through everyone. He's just tossing guys left and right. Ankle locks and suplexes and belly-to-bellies. And eventually all the guys, they managed to uh, they managed to, to, to put Kurgan out to pasture. Um, and then it's down to, you know, Shamrock's climbing that ladder. And, you know, D'Lo's climbing up top, but Shamrock knocks him off. And then you got Farouk, and Farouk climbs up. And Shamrock's, him and Farouk are going back and forth. And out of nowhere, it's D'Lo pushing the ladder for both guys, with both guys on it. And to the shock and dismay of everyone in the building and the viewers at home, D'Lo helps The Rock get up the ladder to then eventually take the Money in the Bank briefcase. And that's going to be the finish to that Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, and that's how they kick Farouk out of the nation. Uh, the nation will eventually beat on Farouk, and The Rock will stand tall with the Money in the Bank ladder match contract. And uh, we will be moving forward with The Rock as Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, for, for the time being, um, that briefcase isn't going to be a big focal point of the rock and his character. It'll be, it'll be there in the back of our minds, but you know, in this, in this scenario, we're still going to keep up with the, the, the timeline of 1998, the nation and DX collide rock and triple H have their classic rivalry. The same thing, the same trajectory that we saw in 1998, but we're going to take a little bit of a turn as we saw in the fall of 98, the nation just kind of like split off and went their own ways. And eventually it would be like Rock, D'Lo, and Mark Henry. And then eventually the two of them would um, turn on him because of his popularity and how popular he was getting. And we were in the midst of the Steve Austin-Vince McMahon rivalry that was taking over the WWF. And The Rock's popularity um, was becoming so big that Vince McMahon eventually would try to stop that. Um, and in the midst of doing that, we would see um, the WWF Championship um, vacated for a, a number of months after the breakdown in your house pay-per-view where Kane and Undertaker um, double-pinned Austin, and then Austin lost the title, but Vince took the belt, but then he had the match with Undertaker and Kane at the next pay-per-view with Austin as the ref, and he had to be forced to, to, to call it down the middle or he'd get fired, and he didn't do that, and he ended up getting fired, but then he got rehired, and then they set up the big survivor series tournament and throughout all of that we saw the rock become even more popular and vince would try to screw him out of his opportunity to become the wwf champion he would he would target the rock um in this scenario in this storyline here we're gonna we're gonna kind of go that route but this time 
Vince is going to get the best of The Rock, and he's going to force The Rock to put his Money in the Bank briefcase on the line and stack the odds against him against... It could be, you know, let's just say the nation, for instance, Mark Henry and D'Lo. They're doing the dirty work. They don't necessarily win the briefcase, but they're just making sure Rock loses it. And Vince offers them large sums of money or a, a shot at a different championship or whatever. And somehow, some way, Vince screws the Rock. And not only is the Rock now not the Money in the Bank contract holder, but he is out of the Survivor. He's he cannot enter the Survivor Series tournament, um, and like I said, Vince is targeting the Rock because the Rock's becoming popular. He feels threatened by the Rock, and therefore um, Rock can't be in the tournament. But he's gonna because he's such a nice guy because he's such a fair boss to all of his employees and his wrestlers in the WWF. He's gonna give the Rock an opportunity to win back his Money in the Bank briefcase at the Survivor Series. And he's going to do that with The Rock taking on, let's just say, the loser of the Kane-Undertaker um, tournament match. So whoever loses is going to have to wrestle The Rock at that pay-per-view. Um, and it could be a situation where Rock... Um, let's say he wrestles Kane, because Undertaker advances. And... Um, Kane and Rock are in the middle of their match, and all of a sudden, Undertaker comes out to try and screw Kane, um, but it backfires, and he ends up kind of screwing The Rock, and there's a big schmoz, and it's a disqualification, and now The Rock's pissed because The Rock had the opportunity to win back his Money in the Bank contract, and now he and his contract were in the middle of Undertaker and Kane's issues that Vince kind of, as the puppeteer, orchestrated the whole thing. So we get to the finals of this big tournament. And let's just say the finals turn out to be Mankind and Stone Cold Steve Austin. As we know, heading into that pay-per-view, Mankind was was trying to be the corporate champion that Vince wanted. And he would do anything he possibly could to try and clean up as best as he could under the standards that is Mankind. And you could kind of see in the, in the, in the, the, the storytelling that, you know, Vince was kind of stringing him along for a while. Um, but he knew that, you know, Mankind was a dangerous foe and could be a threat to Steve Austin. So he was using Mankind. And now we're at the finals, and it's Mankind, and it's Steve Austin. And we get the same, we get a similar finish where Shane McMahon is the referee. Now, mind you, let's backtrack a little bit. Shane McMahon was the one that rehired Steve Austin in 1998 and had the issues with his father. So Vince made him a referee. He he stripped him of his corporate duties and made him a referee. And so Shane would referee matches and Shane in particular comes down because there's a, a there's a big schmoz going on with Undertaker and Kane getting involved. The referee was knocked out. The big boss man's down there. He was Vince's bodyguard, and Vince ends up getting out of the wheelchair, and he's attacking Austin, and there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Austin nails Mankind with the stunner, and Shane McMahon... He, he flips him off. He gives him the double bird. And it was, it was a ruse all along. And Shane, you know, was a part of this big plan with Vince. And then out of nowhere comes The Rock, who's pissed. 
not only Undertaker and Kane for for costing him the chance to regain his money in the bank contract from earlier in the night, but now you have The Rock pissed off because Vince McMahon was the puppeteer that set this whole thing up. So he's out for blood with Vince. Okay, he wants he wants a piece of anyone that cost him that opportunity. And so Rock comes in swinging chairs, and he nails Undertaker. He nails Kane. Vince powders out. Shane powders out, and. All of a sudden, you have Austin, who, who is, who's hell-bent on getting revenge now. And Shane McMahon, he had already... I'm sorry. Let me, let me scale back a little bit. Rock makes his way out with a chair. Austin already chasing after Shane McMahon at this point. Okay? Austin, you know, trying to get a piece of Shane. And Vince runs out. Boss man's out. He nails Kane. He nails Undertaker. Mankind is still left laying in the ring. And all of a sudden, Vince walks into the ring and hands Rock the Money in the Bank briefcase and gives it back to him. And then we see in the back members of the, the, the Stooges, let's say Patterson and Briscoe, somehow getting Austin's way, stopping him from going after Shane. Shane McMahon comes back as the referee, makes the run-in. Rock hands the briefcase to Shane and says, I'm cashing in. Everyone's like, whoa, wait a minute. What the heck's going on? Rock delivers a, 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 a people's elbow to mankind. One, two, three, your winner and new WWF champion, The Rock. Now, I know there was a lot going on there to get us to that point, but... Um, I think that would have been a cool twist uh, with, with, with Rock using the money in the bank to reveal his intentions that he is the corporate champion and that this was a plan all along. Um, I, I, I think, and it's very 1998. It's very Vince Russo. Russo was the head writer at the time. It's something I could see developing had the opportunity presented itself. Um, all right, let's go to WrestleMania 15 here. WrestleMania 15, um, probably uh the i wouldn't say the height of the attitude era but it was very you know it, it, it was it was a it was a very heavy show in terms of all the major players in the attitude era it was a year it was it was a year culmination you know if you could, if you look at wrestlemania 14 as like the coming out party then wrestlemania 15 is you know we're the here to stay party i guess you could say um and it would be no different here in this Money in the Bank reimagined timeline. Um, altering the card just a little bit here. Um, D'Lo Brown and Test will both be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. They both tagged up after winning a tag team battle royal um, earlier in the evening. They faced off against Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. In this timeline, they're going to be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Also a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Someone who uh, had a little bit of momentum behind him for a, a period of time. Somebody that they saw a future in. And I'm talking about Draws. Draws will be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, another individual that I feel like they had big things for um, was Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn, badass Billy Gunn, also a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, 
Ken Shamrock, who wrestled uh, Road Dog, Gold Dust, and uh, Val Venus, um, also will be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match, as will Gold Dust. And uh, the final two participants in the WrestleMania 15 Money in the Bank ladder match are Triple H and Kane, who wrestled each other as part of a singles match on the WrestleMania 15 card. They will also be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, when it comes to a winner, um, I'm going to kind of alter history a little bit here um, with what took place in 1999. As we saw, um, this WrestleMania was a was a launching pad for the singles career of Triple H. As we saw Triple H turn on um, turn on. Uh, um, on X-Pac and helped Shane McMahon win. Um, but it was earlier in the evening when Triple H had wrestled Kane that China, who was a member of the corporation at the time, had reunited with Triple H, helping helping uh, uh, Triple H defeat Kane at that WrestleMania, and we saw a DX reunion. Um, in this instance here, um, we're going to kind of see China do that a little bit um, as it, the finish is going to come down to um, uh, Triple H and Kane atop the ladder and China makes her way out and everyone's assuming she's going to help Kane defeat Triple H. But out of nowhere, she nails Kane with a low blow, um, helping Triple H uh, capture the money in the bank contract. Now, the other member of DX, Billy Gunn, he's in this match. So he's kind of a little confused, too, but at the same time, he's kind of happy that China's back in DX. Um, and Triple H is now the Money in the Bank contract winner uh, for the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 15. And uh, that's going to be the... the that's going to be the launching point for when Triple H eventually turns on X-Pac later in the evening. And his real intentions were breaking off from DX and really making a name for himself on his own and eventually joining the corporation. So Triple H will be your Money in the Bank winner, uh, but also he will have turned on X-Pac in the same manner he did at WrestleMania 15 back in 1999. Now, cashing in, there's a couple different ideas and scenarios you could play with here when it comes to Triple H cashing in the Money in the Bank contract. Excuse me. Um, you have you have the, the, the situation where, you know, Austin would kind of trade the belt with Undertaker um, following this WrestleMania. Um, a couple of times, uh, you know, still having his issues with Vince and the, the corporation, which would eventually be the corporate ministry. Um, and uh, Triple H was on the, on you know, on the, on the rise, you know, with his rivalry with The Rock, they had renewed that. He had uh, really made a name for himself. He changed his look up. Um, he had taken, I remember he had taken out Mankind in a series of matches on Monday Night Raw um, and, you know, let it be known that he wanted to be the WWF champion. Um, with this Money in the Bank contract, he can get that opportunity uh, to do that. Now, where does he cash in? Um, and is it successful? Is it not successful? I'm going to give you a success successful scenario and I'm going to give you an unsuccessful scenario. Um an unsuccessful scenario would be, um, 
as we saw at the fully loaded 1999 pay-per-view it was the first blood end of an era match like we've never heard of that before uh with stone cold steve austin facing off against the undertaker and the deal was was you know austin had to put the championship on the line against the undertaker in a first blood match if austin lost he was never allowed to compete for the wwf championship again if he won vince mcmahon had to leave the world wrestling federation and and cease to operate it so to speak the day-to-day operations he was no longer allowed he could still be the owner but he had to you know he couldn't operate the company so as we saw undertaker would draw first blood and austin would win and vince would be gone um i could picture an unsuccessful cash-in scenario here where triple h who was still kind of aligned with vince at the time um tries to capitalize post-match on austin cashing in his money in the bank vince kind of forcing triple h to do it and austin um you know already bloodied already beaten and battered from his war with undertaker uh drops triple h with a couple of stunners one two three and match is over but it that's kind of counterintuitive to the the push that triple h was getting at that time and i i feel like that would really kind of slow things down for hunter um when it comes to a successful cash-in um let's say let's say triple h manages to earn himself an opportunity at the wwf championship at SummerSlam while he's still holding the money in the bank contract okay and it turns out it's him and austin in a singles match don't even don't don't even put mankind into the mix okay and austin ends up defeating triple h by that by the skin of his teeth but hunter works on the leg and takes out austin as he did post-match that SummerSlam, but then implements the money in the bank contract and cashes in post-match and wins the wwf championship and maybe that's where we see the return of mankind maybe mankind returns the next night on raw to challenge hunter as the new wwf champion so in that instance at SummerSlam, austin and hunter with jesse ventura as the guest referee keep it a singles match okay keep it a singles and you have ventura as the referee by the skin of austin's teeth he barely comes out alive and defeats triple h okay just barely but post-match hunter takes a chair to austin's knees works on his knees and then implements the money in the bank contract hands it to referee jesse ventura who reluctantly has no choice but to make it official hunter nails austin with a couple of pedigrees and your winner and new WWF champion, Triple H. Now, that kind of adds some steam to the Austin-Triple H rivalry. At that time, Austin had to step away for a little bit. He was hurt. He was nursing some injuries. They kind of put him on the shelf for a little bit. This could be a situation where they add heat to Triple H. He took Austin out. He took his belt. Now Mankind returns, who Triple H took out months prior, and he's got that war with him for the next few months. The Rock, of course, a big player in the title picture. Undertaker and Kane, you know, you kind of... Like I said, you, I'm, you, I've altered history a little bit, but I've kind of stayed within the timeline in a lot of these scenarios. Um, this could the money in the bank cash in for Triple H successfully 
could further add and build his story with Triple H, um, or with Steve Austin, excuse me. So uh, that that that's uh, that's kind of where I've uh, I've I've mapped out the trajectory for Triple H following the WrestleMania 15 Money in the Bank ladder match. WrestleMania 2000. As we all know, we saw Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudleys compete in the first ever triangle ladder match. And because this is the year 2000 and they were very gimmick heavy on a lot of their matches and a lot of their programming, I wouldn't put it past them. And in this scenario, I'm not going to, to have them do two ladder matches on one show. I mean, we see it with these Money in the Bank pay-per-views as a male and a female match on the same card. So why not at a WrestleMania do the same thing? Um, so in this instance, we're going we're gonna to alter the card up a little bit here. Um, on this, on this, uh, the, this Money in the Bank ladder match, is going to be Val Venus. Val Venus, who was the guest referee in the Terry Runnels cat um Lady Cat fight with Moolah and Mae Young a part of this part of that mix. Um, Val Venus, great worker, uh, good hand in the ring, as they say, uh, definitely deserves um, definitely deserves a spot in a match like this. So I'm going to put Val in here. Uh, I'm also going to put Taz in this match because selfishly, I really, really, really had high hopes for Taz's run in the WWF, and, uh, you know, he started off hot with the Kurt Angle stuff, and I felt like he was going to be a big player in, like, the intercontinental title scene, and they kind of, because of his history with ECW, they kind of, you know, um, bogged him down to the hardcore division, and he was actually a part of that, like, 13-man hardcore royal battle or whatever with, you know, the Hollies and, you know, Crashing Hardcore, uh, the Mean Street Posse, APA, the Headbangers, the uh, Viscera, Kai and Tai. Um, there was a lot of guys that were a part of that match, so I'm going to take Taz out of that because I don't think he's going to be missed in that match, and I'm going to put him in this uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. Um also a part of the WrestleMania uh, 2000 Money in the Bank ladder match is four individuals who were involved in a tag team match um, on this card. X-Pac and Road Dogg took on Rikishi and Kane. Um, and to me, I felt like with the X-Pac-Kane rivalry being so personal, there needed to be a blow-off at WrestleMania. There was rumors that they were going to blow it off in some kind of like exploding barbed wire landmine steel cage match. Um and that didn't happen. So they ended up going with X-Pac and Road Dogg against Rikishi and Kane. Um, in this instance, those four guys are going to be in this ladder match. And maybe we'll get a Pete Rose cameo like we did that year in, in 2000. Um, but uh, they're going to be involved in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Also a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match is China, who teamed with Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexay against the Radicals on this pay-per-view. Um, she'll be a part of uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match. As well as um, Eddie Guerrero, Latino Heat, who will have taken out S.A. Rios, who was originally scheduled for this match. And... Eddie Guerrero, with help from China, will win this Money in the Bank ladder match. This will be the second year in a row that China has helped someone win the Money in the Bank ladder match, this time her participation being in the match officially. Um, this will set up their, their on-screen um, romance, so to speak, and you know we'll, we will find out... Um, uh, later in the evening that Chris Jericho, who was aligned with China in, in, on television for a time or two, um, will not be happy that, you know, she has 
befriended Eddie Guerrero. Um, and this is after Jericho wins both the unified Intercontinental and European Championships from Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit in that triple threat match. As we all know, in 2000, it was Jericho, Angle, Benoit in a two-fall triple threat match for both the Intercontinental and European Championship, each championship um, on the line in those in those two falls. Um, it had great potential to be a great match, but it wasn't anything special. It was okay. Um, and I think the, the stipulation being two falls hurt. So in this scenario here, both titles are going to be on the line. Angle's still going to be the champion. He's not going to get pinned. Okay, Jericho's going to pin Benoit, but it's just going to be for one fall, winner take all. Um, and this is going to set up Eddie Guerrero successfully cashing in um, the next night on Raw. Uh, Jericho being the fighting champion that he is, kind of goats Guerrero into facing him um, you know, for the championship. And because he knows that Guerrero's going to, target him because of his on-screen his new on-screen relationship with china so jericho wants to just kind of get it out of the way and it comes back to bite him in the ass and china and eddie guerrero um leave monday night raw the next night with both the intercontinental and european championships which will be unified uh in this scenario here so uh, eddie guerrero your money in the bank winner thanks to china from wrestlemania 2000 um wrestlemania 17 the WrestleMania 17 Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, this match here um, is going to... I'm going to mess around with the card a little bit from the original uh, show and, uh, you know, shoehorn it into this Money in the Bank ladder match here, which, you know, uh, it's, it's probably sacrilege to most wrestling fans that I'm going to kind of mess with the WrestleMania 17 card because I, myself included, think that that's the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Um you know, many elements, you know, make that happen uh, with it being in a stadium. They had just won the war. They had bought WCW. They had a, a stacked card from top to bottom. It was an exciting show. It was the first time they were in a stadium in years. And so it was like the farewell party of the Attitude Era. Uh, and they held it, you know, on the grandest stage at WrestleMania in a huge venue like the Astrodome. Um, so in this instance here, for the WrestleMania 17 Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, all three men that were involved in the triple threat hardcore match for the WWF Hardcore Championship, Kane, Raven, and Big Show, will be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, we will also see X-Pac a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, Test and Eddie Guerrero both wrestled each other for the European Championship on this show. They will be a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match, as well as Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, who wrestled each other on this card in a match that was just kind of thrown together in like a two-week span. Um, when it comes to uh, uh, who wins this, I'm going to go clear-cut favorite Kurt Angle here. Um, because in 2001... Um, you know, Angle kind of took a back seat, uh, you know, to The Rock uh, when Rock defeated him for the title. And uh, he kind of, you know, he was the top dog for a while and he kind of had to go back down the card a little bit as we were heading to that WrestleMania with Rock and Austin. Uh, you also had Triple H and Undertaker. You had Vincent Shane McMahon, um, the TLC match. So you had a lot of stuff going on that show that, um, you know, uh, you know, 
there wasn't much room up top for Kurt Angle. Uh, so I feel like in this case, if this match were to have taken place, Kurt Angle would come out the victor um, and it would further add to his, uh, his, his rivalry with Benoit. Keep, keep the rivalry with Benoit going for a little while here. Um, kind of build off of this Angle kind of screwing Benoit um, and winning the match and becoming Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, when it comes to a championship and who he's going to cash in on, this one's interesting here because in 2001, we saw the um, the, the invasion storyline uh, uh, take place as WCW and ECW had formed an alliance to take on the World Wrestling Federation. So WCW championships were sanctioned uh, on WWF programming. We saw the United States Championship, the Cruiserweight Championship, the Tag Team titles, and the WCW World Heavyweight Championship um, on the line at, at various occasions, along with all the other WWF titles that they had. IC, Heavyweight, Hardcore, European, Light Heavyweight, Tag Team. So there was, there was a lot of belts to go around. It, 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 when it comes to cashing in and the scenarios here, um, I'm going to say Kurt Angle cashes in the cashes in on the WCW heavyweight champion. Um, that guy being Booker T. Uh, ironically, Kurt Angle defeated Booker T in June of 2001 to become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion on an episode of SmackDown. Um, but in this case here, in this scenario, we're still going to we're, we're, we're going to see a successful cash in, but it's going to be via the money in the bank contract. Um, and it's going to kind of be a little bit of a surprise that Angle's cashing in on the WCW Champion, but it's going to further add more fuel to the fire between the Alliance and the WWF. So I'm going to kind of stay within the uh, the the. The, the timeline and the way things had transpired angle still defeating booker t for the wcw title but it's via the money in the bank cash in so um that that's that's that um let's move on to wrestlemania 18 wrestlemania 18 um it was a pretty good show, I will say, in, in 2002. Um, I feel like um, there was some random matches thrown together on that card or some matches that I felt like if there's an opportunity to put a Money in the Bank ladder match on a WrestleMania before it, it, it was created in 2005, this show would have been it. Um, because there's a number of guys that I feel like that would have performed really well um, in that type of a match. Um, and, and these are the individuals that I put in that match uh, because of that reason. Uh, Lance Storm, who uh, wrestled along with Test and Mr. Perfect on the free-for-all, or on Sunday Night Heat, taking on Rikishi, Scotty Tuhati, and uh, Albert, the hip-hop hippo, as they as they called him at that time. Um, Lance Storm will be a part of this Money in the Bank line match, along with Mr. Perfect, who was a who uh you know was making a comeback if you will at this time in the wwf so uh there we go that veteran experience you kind of add that into the match um they kind of use that for perfect's uh, arrival into the royal rumble match earlier that year you could do the same thing here in this money in the bank um Christian and Diamond Dallas Page will be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. They're not going to fight over, um, you know, positivity and, uh, you know, who's going to smile more and, uh, you know, turning negatives into positives. Their involvement on this show will be a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match and not for 
the European Championship. Um, another meaningless rivalry that was thrown together at WrestleMania um, that year was Booker T and Edge. They fought over the fact that Edge won a, an endorsement deal with a shampoo company to do commercials. Um, I'm getting rid of that hokey shit right there, and I'm putting those two in this money in the bank. Uh, Edge with experience in ladder matches. Booker T definitely um, can hold his own in a ladder match. There's no reason why they shouldn't be in this match. And last but certainly not least, two guys who had a match at WrestleMania. Um, I'll be honest with you, back in 2002, the way they set the match up, I thought it was kind of cool and it made sense, but I don't I don't feel like they delivered. Was uh, Kurt Angle and Kane. Kurt Angle was upset that he was not in the title picture, so he attacked Kane one night on SmackDown. Just wrong place, wrong time kind of situation. Game and Angle slammed through the announce table, put him in the ankle lock, and uh, we were off to the races. So, um, you know, I, I I guess you could say that, that out of that match, that probably had the, the, the best amount of build out of all the randomness that was put on that WrestleMania card. But um, I feel like kind of putting all these guys together in this type of scenario would make for a very important match on the WrestleMania card on top of Hogan and Rock and, you know, Triple H and Jericho and Undertaker and Ric Flair and Steve Austin and Scott Hall, you know. Um, this could definitely be a standout match. Uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to who wins the money in the bank ladder match here um this is another case where i got i got two different options that i'm just going to kind of leave on the table here with two different cash in scenarios and uh we'll we'll see how this plays out um you could go with kurt angle winning this money in the bank ladder match at wrestlemania 18 and uh holding on to the briefcase for a fair amount of time um maybe even teasing in uh, a cash in or two on guys like uh you know hulk hogan who would eventually win the championship or undertaker or even teasing a cash in on the rock um and uh you know we would we we could see you know angle kind of letting it be known that he wants to be the champion obviously and he he makes several attempts at doing so but you know the the matches don't ever become official and um it's a it's a case where you know he just he just didn't he, he couldn't do it at the right time um now i could picture i could picture kurt angle cashing in at survivor series in 2002 um Here's here's how I could kind of map it out. As we saw in 2002 um, at that Survivor Series, Brock Lesnar would end up um, getting screwed by Paul Heyman um, uh, when Paul Heyman turned on him and Big Show won the WWF Championship. Now, um, we could see a scenario where Paul still turns on Brock, but instead of aligning with Big Show, he aligns with Kurt, who cashes in the money in the bank on Brock and pins Big Show to win the World Re the, the WWE Championship. Um, or we could see a scenario where Paul does turn on Big Show. Paul does turn on Brock and aligns with Big Show, and Big Show is still your and Big Show wins the WWE Championship. But then the next month at Armageddon, Brock gets the rematch from Big Show, and Brock is going to defeat Big Show 
regaining the WWE Championship, but out of nowhere, Kurt Angle shows up, attacks Brock, gives him the angle slam, cashes in, and pins him to win and become the WWE Champion. And then we would find out later that it was Paul Heyman using Kurt Angle as the Money in the Bank contract holder as a backup in the event that Big Show lost. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that second option there for Kurt Angle. Because as we saw in 2002, Paul helped Big Show defeat Brock and become WWE Champion. The next month, Kurt Angle earned an opportunity at the title and wrestled Big Show. And Kurt Angle convinced Brock to be in his corner and help him win the title. And then... Just a few days later on SmackDown, it would be revealed that Kurt Angle and Paul Heyman were in cahoots all along. So Paul Heyman screwed his client Big Show by having Kurt Angle win the championship with help from Brock. So I could kind of see the scenario here where he screws he screws Big Show, or no, he helped he screws Brock to help Big Show win. Then we get Brock and Big Show at Armageddon. Brock wins, retains the, regains the title only for Kurt Angle to cash in, and it's revealed that he's been with Paul Heyman the entire time. So um, that's that's on the Kurt Angle front. Now the other individual that I would have put in this Money in the Bank scenario and would have had him win the Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 18 is Kane. Um, Kane was kind of floating for. A while in WWE and he needed something to kind of refresh and refreshen him up um, and winning money in the bank I think would have helped him now in 2002 Kane would be off television for a fair amount of the year after an attack from the NWO I could see a scenario here where Kane wins money in the bank and the NWO who had their issues with him after WrestleMania are the reason why he's out of action for a while. And we don't see Kane for a while. He's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And he returns to WWE programming. He, he would end up returning in the fall of 2002. Uh, but he returns to WWE programming uh, with the Money in the Bank briefcase, looking to cash in on the new World Heavyweight Champion, Triple H. Um, and coming out unsuccessful. Um, as we saw in 2002, Triple H would win the money or would win the World Heavyweight Championship, or should I say, he was gifted the title from Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff after Monday Night Raw needed a champion. Um, it needed uh, it, it because Brock Lesnar had taken the title and had been exclusive to SmackDown via Stephanie McMahon, kind of swooping in and taking him from Eric Bischoff. So. I could picture Triple H being awarded the championship and only for Kane to, you know, return with the money in the bank. And, you know, he's not happy that Triple H was gifted the title. So he's going to be the one to, you know, take the title from him. And maybe that's where we see the early signs, the early stages, the formation, if you will, of evolution. Um, we saw at that Unforgiven pay-per-view, it was RVD and Triple H um, for the heavyweight title, and it was Ric Flair who cost RVD the match and would align with Triple H. Maybe instead of them 
pulling that off against RVD, they do it against Kane, costing him the money in the bank contract and Triple H retaining the World Heavyweight Championship. So at the time, they were really building Triple H up as the top star, the top heel on Raw. Um, Ric Flair was like the J.J. Dillon of the presentation. He was the manager, even though he wrestled part time. Um I, I think it would be kind of a cool scenario. Kane returns to cash in Money in the Bank only to come up short because Triple H and Ric Flair um, had a plan all along to screw, um, you know, to, to, to keep the title in their camp. Um, maybe we see, maybe we see, you know, Batista help Triple H, and that's how they get Evolution formed. Because at the time, too, Flair was kind of loosely managing Batista on the side along with Triple H. So maybe that's how they really form evolution is where Flair, you know, he's managing Hunter, but he's also managing Batista, but they're not really together. But then he, they kind of make it that thing. And then you get Orton into the mix and that's how you create evolution. Maybe evolution is created based off of them helping Triple H keep the world heavyweight championship from Kane, who tried cashing in his Money in the Bank successfully. All right, we are almost at the end of our Money in the Bank reimagined series. I appreciate all you guys for uh, sticking with me through these uh, fantasy Money in the Bank scenarios here. Um, down to the last two, we have uh, WrestleMania 19. Um, part of this Money in the Bank ladder match, we're going to see Billy Kidman, who was not on the WrestleMania 19 card, but he's a good high flyer that I feel could add uh, some excitement to the match with his involvement with ladders, along with Jeff Hardy, uh, a guy who's got tons of history in ladder matches, as we know. Uh, Christian, another guy who has a bunch of history in ladder matches. Uh, he'll be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, uh, Scott Steiner. Big Papa Pump, who was not on the WrestleMania 19 card. Um, as we know, he had made his debut at the Survivor Series in 2002, and he had his sights set on Triple H, and they had a god-awful match at the Royal Rumble in 2003, and that pretty much just signaled the end of a main event push for Scott Steiner. Um, in this instance here, I'm just going to keep him in the Money in the Bank ladder match to kind of add some star power. Um, also a guy that, you know, can be very physical um and he's also been known to be innovative uh, for his style especially in his younger years maybe he can kind of bring the old scott steiner back in this type of match in this setting um we're gonna debut sean o'hare in this money in the bank ladder match uh he would debut not long after this wrestlemania as kind of like a protege to roddy piper um but in this case here um He's just going to kind of be a wild card and thrown out there. And people are just going to be like, what the fuck's he doing in here? But, uh, you know, there's going to be a purpose to it eventually down the line. Um, also, part of this will be Tajiri, who um, at the time was not on the WrestleMania card. I don't believe he was injured. I think he was healthy. And uh, I think Tajiri, you know, and his skill set would add something to this Money in the Bank ladder match. And rounding out this Money in the Bank ladder match will be none other than John Cena. Um, now, this Money in the Bank ladder match is either for the WWE Championship or the World Heavyweight Championship. You can cash in on either champion, and that's where it makes this this concept a little more interesting. Um, but at this case, at WrestleMania 19, these are the guys I would have put in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, 
Oh, and I forgot also too, FBI member Nunzio. Um, he'll obviously have Stamboli and Palumbo at ringside with him to help him out, but Nunzio's going to be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Forgot about him, sorry. Um, so yeah, there you have it. John Cena, Nunzio, Kidman, Christian, Jeff Hardy, Scott Steiner, Sean O'Hare, and Tajiri. A interesting mix, but, uh, you know, a mixture of guys that weren't on the WrestleMania. In fact, none of these guys were on the WrestleMania card. Nobody. Uh, Cena had a rap battle with a cardboard cutout of Jay-Z on the uh, the free-for-all, the kickoff show, the pre-show, whatever you want to call it, Sunday Night Heat. Um, and then Nunzio had a cameo um, in a locker room vignette with uh, Big Show uh, and A-Train attacking Nathan Jones, who was the Undertaker's tag team partner. But that's it. Um, all right. So uh, when it comes to winners from this match, or winner, I should say, um, I got two choices here and two different scenarios we could kind of go with. I'm going to start with Jeff Hardy. I think Jeff Hardy, um, you know, they had plans for him in 2002 and 2003, and he was going through a lot of personal stuff, and um, he, he really just didn't have it together. But I feel like this would be an opportunity for him to, um, to, to move up in a singles role. Um, and maybe Money in the Bank would do that. Um, I don't see a successful cash-in for him at this time. I feel like Jeff Hardy, if he were to cash in on either the WWE Champion or the World Heavyweight Champion, he would come up short. Um, he's kind of got that lovable loser you know, kind of vibe to him when he does have big opportunities and big moments. He kind of squanders them. Um, this could be the start of, 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 the, of a type of storyline like that where he, you know, he wins the Money in the Bank just barely, but he goes to cash in on someone like a Triple H who's the world champion um, but he comes up short on a Monday Night Raw or even on like a pay-per-view like a Vengeance or a Bad Blood or if he were to cash in on the WWE champion let's just say um, Brock Lesnar you know, Brock Lesnar would end up winning the title at this WrestleMania, and then uh, he would have a, a several-month run as champion, but um, eventually would turn heel and join forces with Vince McMahon. Maybe he tries to cash in on Brock, and Brock just, you know, eats him up, and it's all part of, you know, the, building Brock as this heel again, but with Vince in his corner. Um, either way, I don't see... Um, uh, Jeff Hardy coming out successful in this uh, cash-in opportunity. And the other individual that I could see and picture winning this type of a match because they had big things planned for him or they were at least, they were they were, they were were testing the water to see if big things could be planned for him. And that's John Cena. Um, John Cena, I can picture um, winning this match and you know, at the time he was, he had his sights set on Brock even before this WrestleMania. So maybe this is a scenario where he wins Money in the Bank and he's guaranteed a match, and he sets his sight on, sights on Brock. Maybe he tries to cash in on Brock and he's unsuccessful, and Brock eats him up pretty quickly, and then Cena and Brock get a rematch at a pay per view down the line. Or maybe Cena holds on and waits to cash in that championship later on in the year when he's eventually turned into a babyface and he tries to cash in on Brock Lesnar, who would end up being a heel. Um, and, and maybe it's a scenario where he's still unsuccessful, but he really shows the audience what he's made of um, and that he could hang at the top and you know coming up short against a guy like Brock Lesnar with the roles reversed this time is him as a baby face and Lesnar as a heel so um, yeah I don't see either of them cashing in successfully but I, I could see a situation where their cash in attempts um, they they come up short but it's a it's 
they're both very valiant efforts. And last but certainly not least, it's the WrestleMania 20 Money in the Bank ladder match here for our Money in the Bank Reimagined series. Um, rounding out this group of individuals that could take part in this match, that could have taken part in this match, I should say, um, are two individuals who teamed together on the WrestleMania 20 card in 2004, defending their tag team titles successfully in a four-way match, that being Rob Van Dam and Booker T. They'll be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, um, another ladder match veteran, uh, two ladder match veterans that will be a part of this Money in the Bank ladder match. Matt Hardy, who was originally slated to be a part of the WrestleMania card. Uh, he was rumored to face Mark Henry. Mark Henry will also be a part of this match as well. But the other ladder match veteran joining Matt Hardy will be one half of the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray Dudley. Because as we all know, everyone saw more in Bubba than they did in Devon, even though that's unfair to say. But that's what many people have said, fans, critics alike. Um... Also part of this match will be Rene Dupree, who they saw big things for in the singles department. They they had plans for him, man, and uh, they tried as hard as they could uh, to to make him into a big star and a big deal, and it just didn't it didn't pan out the way that they had hoped. Uh, but he will be a part of this match. Um, I could picture them putting him in this type of setting um, to see what he's got. Uh, another individual who was on the WrestleMania 20 card that appeared in the SmackDown four-way tag match is Shelton Benjamin. Uh, this will be the coming out party for him. We'll get to see what he's made of in a singles role and what he can do in this type of a setting in a ladder match. Um, and I, I can imagine that he would be pretty impressive in this type of match, along with guys like Matt Hardy and RVD and Booker T, you know, and even Bubba Dudley. I think those guys are going to really, they could have really done some good things in this type of setting. And last, but certainly not least, the winner of this Money in the Bank ladder match will be none other than Brad Shaw from the APA. And this will be the launching point for the JBL character. As we saw in 2004, the APA were split up on TV. Paul Heyman had fired Ron Simmons and Brad Shaw was left to himself. And that was where we saw the beginning stages of the JBL character, the Wall Street tycoon. Um, you know, uh, we, he shaved his, shaved his beard. He cut his hair. Um, he you know, wore a suit and a cowboy hat. He really, he really embraced a change in his character. And, uh, I think a money in the bank ladder match victory for him is going to, is going to could have, could have further enhanced the change in character. Um, in terms of cashing in the opportunity, um, I'm going to kind of stay in the same lane here in 2004, and he's going to he's gonna have a successful cash-in um, on Eddie Guerrero. Uh, but we're going to go a different route here when it comes to that. Um, as we all saw, the Judgment Day match between the two of them, Judgment Day 2004, was a bloodbath. And Guerrero ended up winning by disqualification when JBL nailed him with a chair and they both were bleeding buckets. And to this day, it's probably something that is very uncomfortable to watch in terms of the amount of blood that both guys lost, but more in particular, Eddie Guerrero. Um, in this scenario, in this storyline, in this reimagined uh, uh money in the bank cash in opportunity jbl gets this title match given to him by kurt angle so that he doesn't have to use the money in the bank contract that's kind of you know a, a in his back pocket a just in case kind of situation and he's gonna he's gonna squander that opportunity because he because he's got so much hatred for angle he wants or for uh, guerrero he wants to be the champion and, and angle wants to help him win that 
they're going to fall short. He's going to make a mistake, and he's going to end up nailing Guerrero with the chair, and the referee's going to call for the bell. So Guerrero will end up becoming the victor. Um, it would be in 2004 on that following SmackDown that Eddie Guerrero was involved in a tag team match where he ended up collapsing, and they kind of played off the um, the... the what took place a few nights prior after the Judgment Day pay-per-view where Guerrero needed a blood transfusion in real life following that match. Um, that scenario in this in this case is still going to exist. Guerrero is going to be a part of a match. He's going to collapse and people are going to wonder what's going on. And this is where JBL is going to get the heat and he's going to cash in the opportunity and Angle's going to allow it and he's going to win the WWE Championship while Guerrero is incapacitated passed out from blood loss from the night before you know two nights before so um then we'll eventually see a rematch between the two the texas bull rope match where jbl originally won the title that will be a rematch that guerrero will be granted via angle angle will stack the deck against guerrero and put it in jbl's favor by giving him the bull rope match and they will really begin to pad on the the heel run as jbl uh with the wwe championship because of this money in the bank win so uh, that's kind of where i'm at when it comes to the wrestlemania 20 money in the bank ladder match and uh, that about does it for us this week um i'd like to thank everyone for uh, checking us out here god over two and a half almost two and a half hours uh that we uh i was sitting here yapping you guys ears off um Hopefully you're all staying safe, staying healthy, washing hands, washing asses. If by the time this recording drops, uh, you guys are still self-isolating or self-quarantining. Hopefully you guys are doing it all safe. We will get back to some normalcy very, very soon. Hopefully by the time this drops, that'll be the case. But um, uh, yeah, that's that, that, that about does it this week. Uh, Money in the Bank scenarios, WrestleManias 1 through 20. Uh, had a lot of fun doing that. Had a lot of fun breaking down that with all of you. If you guys have scenarios you'd like to to bring out if you guys want to talk about potential money in the bank winners from the past had the money in the bank content been created at the inaugural wrestlemania why don't you map out the winners and the, and the losers map out the successful or unsuccessful money in the bank cash-ins i want to hear from all you guys let's participate let's make it a thing on facebook so facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two hit the like button if you haven't already if you have hit the like button tell a friend to hit the like button and let us know who would have been your money in the bank ladder match winners from wrestlemania's one to wrestlemania 20 same thing goes for our twitter our twitter handles at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two do the same thing but do it in 140 or 220 characters or less and you know what i think it's about that time that we put this show down for the three count or am i going to climb the ladder am i going to reach the briefcase am i going to cash in successfully who knows but one thing is for sure we're going to see you all next week